That's a big fucking hello from me. Hey there, bollockers, um, and new fuckheads, and people who are tuning in for the first time, and uh, you tuning in regularly, oh, yada, 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 all that shit that usually goes on at the top. Do you know what? It's a pain in the ass. My name is Howard H. Smith. This is Talking Bollocks. Thank you very much for stopping by. Um, I am a lead singer of, um, well, lead vocalist of rebooted UK thrash band Acid Rain, who just triumphantly kicked fuck out of the Sophie stage, headlining it on the Saturday at Bloodstock. I am going to do a completely separate podcast about that because um, I, I don't think anybody really wants to just listen to me. I wanted to give you the option of opting out of me just going on and on and on about Bloodstock and how much fun it was uh, and all the rest of it. But if you want the full-on behind-the-scenes expose, um, that will be coming out at some point this month. It's it, I haven't got a load of interviews. That much, I have to tell you. I haven't. Okay, um, but uh, yeah, some some cool stories from around the time, uh, around the day, and what we got up to, and all the rest of it. Uh, so I also do stand up uh, as the character Keith Platt. You can go to keithplatt.co.uk. You can get involved in Twitter with Talking Bollocks. It's at Talking Bollocks with a Z instead of an S. Um, you can also find Acid Rain on Facebook and at Acid Rain UKAC on Twitter. Um, it's also Talking Bollocks on Facebook. It's everywhere. But also, please uh, remember to subscribe. Um, and please, uh, yeah, you know, subscribe using whatever podcast app you have. And please, would you please spread the word, okay? Um, I really do want to uh, increase the audience here. Um, and, and to be honest with you guys, it, it's gone a bit stagnant. Um, so, you know, you need to step up and get sharing. Um, that, that's, you know, simply put, it needs to be done. So please do spread the word. Um, there is, you know, there's, it, the more people who are listening, uh, the longer this is going to go on, um, and the better it's going to get. So please do, and of course, unless you want it to be shorter and, um, and shit, in which case, uh, don't. Um, so remember, please do nick anybody's um, uh, anybody's phone or laptop or um, even iPad, okay, and go into a, pro- a podcast program, subscribe to it without them knowing, fuck them, um, or just spread the word. It'd be really cool. It'd be really cool. So um, we have the writers' episode. Um, as you know, I d- it tends to be more about the writers, so it's not a massive amount of. Uh, jibber, jibber jabber from me or jibberish or whatever ish of jibber you'd like um, it's more a case of just you know catching up with you guys um, go through a couple of news stories actually and the first one that um, that, that sprung to mind was um, the Ronnie James Dio hologram performance now um, I'm aware that Metal Sucks podcast covered this um, I haven't actually listened to that um, yet, which is a which is a, is a canny excuse, Lake. Um, but it's true. I, I genuinely I genuinely haven't listened to that yet. Um, but I was just uh, what what troubled me was the fact that um, in fact I'm just I, I do actually have notes on this, and there is actually a little the, the section here that I wanted to um, I wanted to read to you because it cracks me up. Um, so yeah, Ronnie hologram, yada yada yada. Um, we know how much fans miss Ronnie. Yeah, here we go. Blah 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 blah. 
Uh, I should have read. You are now listening. Man looks up. Man looks up stuff on internet. What a great podcast this is. Um, right, here we go. Touring remains a viable revenue stream for many artists, uh, and, uh, as, but as the music industry business models continue to evolve, however, it's not always financially or physically feasible to get to every market where there is demand, or alternatively, it's not physically feasible for Elvis or Jimi Hendrix to play Wembley. No, funny that. I'm all for helping people out, okay? But for fuck's sake... Yeah, touring. I'm telling you, Elvis at Wembley Stadium. This is where that is where this is heading. That is where this is heading. Fucking shit. Right, you just heard a ping there, which is a bit of a giveaway. That yes, I am um, just chilling out up north um, after the uh, hey, it's it's clockerama um, after the uh, the madness that was Bloodstock. But yes, anyway, fucking Elvis touring. I mean, that that is where this is going. That is where this, and, and what I was also, also what I don't get is this claim that, oh, you know, some parts of the world aren't as easy to get to as others. No, they're not. But somehow you expect them to have this hologram technology? You're just going to be able to beam? To, I, I, I'm really revealing my ignorance here. I obviously haven't done any research into how it works. Um, why do that when you can just spout off completely uninformed? Um which is basically what I do, as you all know. Um, it's just fucking shit, isn't it? I mean, look, Ronnie is dead. Sorry, it's a shame. I'm as gutted as anyone. Well, not as gutted as obviously his family because they knew him and I didn't. But the point being is that when people die, they stop performing. That right there is the law. Now... The thing is, oh, we could bring back Ronnie. Oh, we could bring back, uh, bring back Jimmy. Oh, we can bring back, bring back Elvie. <laughs> okay, but let's just sober up for a fucking minute here. Okay, if we can bring back those artists, yeah, that also means that people are going to start digging up holograms of artists that we're glad aren't around to tour. Yeah, looking at you, Frank Sinatra. Looking at you, Lou Reed. Yep, I said that, Lou Reed. Yeah, there's 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 plenty of them out there, which is strange because my mind's gone completely fucking blank right now. But um, yeah, there's plenty of artists out there I don't want to see resurrected on a fucking two hundred foot screen. So can we just stop with the fucking hologram, please? Can we just stop? Now, uh, moving on, one very popular subject, and I know it's popular because it's been everywhere, and also um, my my Talking Bollocks Twitter and Facebook received many a post about Metallica Hardwired. Okay, so, my thoughts. Um, first impressions, liked it. Liked it a lot. Um, it is... It's a blunt instrument of a song. It's short, snappy, to the point. Uh, the drumming is not that annoying. Although the... <coughs> he fucking loves smashing his hi-hat and his snare at the same time. Not as much as I'd like to fucking smash them into his fucking head. But, right? It it, it does irritate me. He just fucking loves doing that. There's a horrendous drum break somewhere... In the uh, oh, I think it's in Cyanide. 
on Death, Mag- Death Magnetic, you know that bit that goes, and he's like, ding, 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 and it's just, oh, it's awful. It sounds like the kind of thing that a kid would come up with, and uh, you know, and, and 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 Dad would say, no, don't do that, son. That's that's annoying. Um, that's yeah, that's annoying drumming. That's that's. I think that's the best way to describe. But anyway. That, that aside, cool. I mean, there is a couple of bars right at the end where Lars just can't help himself cutting it down to half size and doing his drum beat that he loves so much as well. So apart from Lars being massively out of touch with just what a decent drum beat is, um, and to be honest, to be fair, you know, there's three other guys in that band and one of them's Hetfield. Someone needs to say, no, not that. Okay. But uh, but they're not. So so we move on. Anyway, look, hardwired. Yeah, um, I like it. Um, it's like I said, it's blunt instruments. It's, very, it's short to the point. Um, I, I, I'm gonna be like that because um, uh, yeah, it it would be uh, shit. I think is the word. Um, it, that's a nice like little opener. Be very interesting to see what um, um, uh, you know, light and dark, shades of grey. We're gonna get some ups. We're gonna get some downs. But it'd be nice to see um, a little bit more about it. Um, so what else has been going on? I do believe that there seems to be a, an awful lot made of um, Corey Taylor smacking the phone out of the hands of somebody in the front row. Now, um, I don't know. You know, is, is it is it is it rock star behaviour? You know, is is he is he being a um, a prissy? Um, a uh, bit of a you know rock star is it diva behaviour or is it or or, do, or if you're in a front row with your fucking phone do you fucking deserve it you know uh, it's a tough one it's a tough one because I think a band of like say Acid Rain's level my level right okay if if I did that people would be like hey good on you yeah fuck him because we're at a certain level. But when you get when you're Slipknot's level, when you do that, it's like, oh fucking hell, man! There's no need for that. Oh, what do you think you did? And you know, I paid blah blah to get in it, and it's like, well, I think more more fool you if you played paid fucking sixty bucks or eighty bucks or a hundred bucks or however many bucks you paid to get in the gig. If you can stand in the front and and just check your fucking phone out, that makes you an even bigger knob. Um, but um, I mean, I tried to. I, I have tried. I did try. But I am going to have to mention Bloodstock um, and uh, the Acid Rain crowd were inf- too busy fucking crowd surfing and going mental in a pit to be out with their phones. Uh, surprisingly few phones out. Now there is there is footage, and we are going to be putting some together into a little movie. But um, but uh, you know. So getting back to Curry Taylor, fucking hell, everything's about me, isn't it? Well, yes, it is. It's my podcast, so fuck you. Um, yeah, uh, I just think it's all it's, it's all got a bit out of hand. People going on and on and on about it. He smacked a phone out of someone's hands. Give give him a fucking break. Who gives a fuck, really? At the end of the day, I think. Do you know what I think? I think fair fucks to him. Because it, it it is fucking irritating when people are watching a phone, watching a gig through the phone. And what's even more irritating, right, is when you're my fucking height and you're at a gig and you're trying to watch somebody, and you've managed to find a decent spot, and then the cunt takes their phone out, holds it up, and that was that was my eye line. That was that, that's how I was seeing the gig. Now I'm now I'm having to watch the gig through your phone, you fucking twat. Really fucking winds me up that. Really, I mean, I know I've mentioned it a few times. I know this is hardly new ground, and if you're new to the podcast, you're thinking, "Wow, this dude, this dude's ranting about people using phones at gigs." Gee, 
he's uh, a bit behind the times. Yeah, well, you know, I've done it loads of times before. So fuck you. Um, the other thing um, that, uh, as we're going on, Paul Stanley is toying with the idea of making another Kiss studio album. Um, I think um, I think I speak for us all. In fact, I, I, you know, I know I don't, but fuck it, I am saying so. I think I speak for us all when I say, Paul, don't fucking bother, please, please. I am I am begging you. I am beseeching you to not make a new fucking album please don't please don't i mean music is just one of the many reasons to hate kiss the total um the, the total over the top fucking um merchandising that's enough but the music jesus christ Okay, that was me being a knob again and uh, getting a bit excited and pulling the fucking mic cable out of the laptop. I do apologise. Um, uh, so yeah, some some pretty cool things. Um, uh, apparently, um, I was I was told by somebody who listens to the podcast that um, um, apparently when somebody uh, it's a it's a, a bunch of guys um, who are all metalers and they play five side football and when they score a goal or do something do something good. Uh, the 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 praise is cider and crisps. Um, so apparently that's uh, that's a, that's a thing now, um, which uh, which did make me laugh. I found that out at Bloodstock, the place I said I wouldn't mention. Um, anyway, look, uh, there's enough jibber jab for me. As I said, uh, it's 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 um, uh, it's a different kind of podcast. This one because it is a writer special. Um, and um, first up is Mike Exley. I know Mike from years ago. He was the first press interview I ever did. I think this will come out in um, uh, in the interview, so I don't want to tease it up too much. Um, but, you know, he's a really cool guy, um, and it's nice to meet somebody with a few opinions, um, uh, uh, you know, and, and not shy about them. So, without further ado, um, here is my, me and Mike Exley having a chat a little while ago. I can't remember how long ago, but probably at least a couple of months. Anyway, enjoy. <laughs> Hello there, Mike. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah. Good. Right. Good. It's um. It's 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 been it's been a. It's been a while. It's also taken a little a little while to get this organised. Well, yes, yes. I apologise for that. Yeah. And it, um, it's all right. But we get there in the end. <laughs> Absolutely. It's easier to get an interview with one of your fucking artists than it is with you. Oh, behave. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, in the spirit of full disclosure, um, uh, can you uh, just fill me in and the listeners on um, uh, on you know what you what you're currently doing, what your what your role currently is, and where? Uh, basically, I'm doing PR. Yeah, um, I've been doing this for ten years. Um, I my main label is AFM Records from Germany. Um, which has involved me doing stuff like Ministry of Fear Factory over the over the years, and um, and currently Flotsam and Jetsam. Well, no, actually, <laughs> yes, yes, we yeah, they do Flotsam and Jetsam on the label. Yep, um, yeah, just you know, we 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 we've got a we've got a few a few artists that would, that, that that like to come and visit us over here, Udo. 
Lovely. was one of the last ones uh, doing his accept set, and that was absolutely wonderful. That was great. It was really, really good. Um, Sirius Black came over with Gamma Ray before then, and yeah, yeah, no, we we keep plugging on. I mean, they've they've got some they they got some bands they they do that sadly you know we've, they've not managed to get them over here yet. But one right. or two of them come over. Thunderstone came over last week. Um, you know, one or two of them Bloodbound came over with Sabaton on Nailstorm. So yeah, you know they keep plugging away and uh, and and trying to trying to get them as much as we can. You know, sure. and, and I, I was doing um, an AOR label. Now, H, you'll probably be like, oh, Mike actually doing AOR. You'd be like, oh, my God. You, uh, I, yeah, I, 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 yeah, yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. I was about to say, yeah, you, you fucking sell out. Yeah. <laughs> no, I got really heavily into it. I, I, I got offered <laughs> by AOR Heaven. Oh, really? Um, Asia and I all thought... that? Sorry? Asia and all that? No, 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 it is. Um, but I, I, I got offered to do it uh, when I started doing um, promotion myself about 10 years ago and I got a phone call from uh, George Siegel at AOR Heaven uh, saying, you know, would you like to do this stuff? And I was like, yeah, okay, you know, I'm open to, to pretty much anything really. And, um, and we, we launched the careers of bands like Serpentine who, you know, basically, basically grew through the first three three four albums through through george so yeah we had a great time and unfortunately that contract finished on april the first it was just economic but you know we we yeah we had stage dolls over here one of the biggest bands from from uh, the scandinavian scene for aor we worked closely with jeff on you know and on on um classic rock aor yeah, when 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 that magazine was being produced, and we 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 had a lot of fun doing that, and and I'd still like to do some AOR, but you know we'll see what comes along. Uh, you know. it, it's great because you it's, <laughs> the way the, the the way you're um the way you're talking about it, it's it, it's it, AOR sounds like some sort of drug that you managed to sort of get off, but you don't mind. <laughs> you know, no, no. It, it was well, it was you, good you, to you. Know, you know my history. I mean. Well, we're gonna... I'm a thrash fan at, at, at basis, yeah. but yeah, you know, there's some great stuff going on in AOR. I mean, we, we work with a, with a, a couple of guys, um, um, Frederick Slamer, who has got his own AOR thing, and he, he's, he's, got, he's, he's got, you know, guys like Tommy Denander and great guitarists and superb musicians, and it's fantastic. Yeah, okay. You 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 can't bang your head to it, but yeah, you can wriggle your hips to it <laughs> if you still can. <laughs> you can you can uh, right. Okay. Well, but look before this conversation careers through the crash barrier and straight into the ravine of AOR hell. Um, uh, you funnily enough, you did say there that um, obviously I I know your history, but um, obviously everybody out there that listening doesn't. And of course, the very first time that we met. Um, was the was the Fulham Greyhound back in the day, wasn't it? Oh yes. Yeah, when Absolutely. the when the I mean the Fulham Greyhound, which is now um, a big pub in Fulham, but was at the time was still a fairly legendary music venue, although it had seen better days. Um, it was it was sort of on its way out then, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I think I think I think we saw you down there. I, I remember I remember seeing Sodom down there. 
one Blo- time. Bloody hell. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I, think, I think I remember seeing Sodom down there. And I, I remember being um, somehow damaging myself and being carried out by by Chris Watts and the guys from Noise who used to have their office just around the corner from there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that, yeah, that you, sounds you, all right. You, you, you posted that fantastic photo on, on your Facebook one time. Yes. Yeah, and you've got yeah. recaptured in a in a master of puppet shirt where you where somebody somebody is diving off stage and I'm I'm kind of hidden away out the back, which is yeah. That was that was actually that was a legendary PA dive by the one and only Stilly Paps, Kev's uh, Kev's that, brother, who still exactly, still works with exactly. us today. Um, and um, uh, yeah, I I because I, I I think I think you would have been um, the very first interview that. Um, that we did I think in fact I'm pretty sure you were you were the very first interview that we're that oh we when I was on force as well there there's the old days and then yeah force being That's metal a force a long of time ago but I still remember it with a lot of fondness well yeah how, how long were you at metal forces uh, 1985 to 1992 when it closed. Wow! So you were kind of you were there not far from the very beginning. No, I wasn't there from the very beginning because um, I I think I came in. I can't remember. Bernard would flay my. But at the moment, I think I came in about issue eleven, and it had it had been going. Since about I think about nineteen eighty two or eighty three, right. but uh, I mean I didn't I didn't um, I didn't engage with it till I I came up to London I came up to London in uh, nineteen eighty four September eighty four, and of course Shades was my place of calling at the time. Yeah, uh, and there was a wonderful thing actually, which people you your your listeners should check out. Um, which was on uh, Record Store Day, which was not too long ago since. Uh, and some guy posted a thing about Shades. And, oh, Shades was the most wonderful record shop in the world. Yeah. There is no comparison. Yeah. I, I've been, when I used to work for the label uh, in the 1990s for Noise, I used to go to some of the sh- stores around the country in X, X Records in Bolton, and places like that, and some of them are still going. Way, way ahead in fight. way ahead in Nottingham. Yes, they're still. Yeah. Some of them are still fighting on, but Shades was the place. It was yeah. amazing. You could go in there, and you could while away your afternoon off from work, which I used to do weekly, and come out having been relieved of about. 20 30 pounds because you know you were buying the latest uh what was what was then the latest stuff and of course we're talking 1985 84 85 the latest stuff was like you know you battery you you even your you your big hair stuff and all that yeah. kind of thing so yeah yeah well, Where I, are those record shops now? Somebody well, well, look, nineteen. You, I came. Uh, me and Gaz came down from um, from Harrogate to to 
to London to see Music for Nations with our first demo in '85. Oh yes, and, yeah. And, and top and top of the top of the bill would have been, was a trip to Shades as well, where we you know where we filled oh, our sure. boots. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just. I mean, and bearing in mind, I mean, I, like I said, I lived in I lived in um, I lived in Harrogate in Yorkshire, and yet me and at least four or five five of my friends all got our copies of Ma- copies of Master of Puppets from Shades through the post. Okay. Do you know what I mean? It's like because they got they got it about a week early or something, and yeah, um, yeah. I mean I remember talking to Jem and he was saying like the amount of units that that Shades used to shift was just absolutely staggering. Yeah, that's 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 what always amazed me was that you know when when Mike Shannon effectively said we well, you know we can no longer afford to do this and we have to close up, and it was such a shame because and the only reason for that was because. The whole area around there went super rich. Yeah. And Mike's rates went through the fucking sea. Excuse my French, I can't say that one. No, of course you can't. Yeah, you can't. You went fucking swear as, you can swear and, as much as um, you know, we lost one of the, the best record stores in, 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 in London. I mean, yeah. you know, in there, history. There were a couple of, there were a couple of others, um, you know, down in, 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 uh, in sort of, what was this? What was that skate shop called? Um, the rough trade and stuff like that. But there was nothing the same as Shades. It was all. It was one of those places that, and it didn't matter. It didn't matter whether you were into Poison and the big hair stuff. Kelvin yeah. was there for you. It didn't matter whether you were into thrash, or death metal, or whatever yeah. it was. There was always somebody to 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 guide you to the to the best stuff and. People could learn so much from that nowadays. Really could. Well, I I remember um, I remember being in um, I remember being in Shades, and that's the first place where I first heard um, Killing Technology by Voivod, and they were playing they were playing an advanced tape, and it's just like that's a just a classic example of Shades. You know, I mean, you go in, you think, "Fuck me, this is great," and the, the music you're listening to is not even out yet. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 yet, you know, if that was any other record shop, the label would be going spare. But because it was yeah. Shades, you know, it's just it, it, it was well, fine. Well, Dave, Dave Constable, bless him, he he actually sold me um, the first Bathory album. But this is when they were upstairs in yeah. the original shop by by actually putting it to me. And he said, "Oh, he said, Mike, oh, yeah, okay, have a, have a listen to this." And he put it on. I was like, "Wow, what is that?" You know, and then, okay, he's sort of a venom motorhead, whatever. Yeah, okay. What is what is that? And it, it was it was the first battery album. It was still on vinyl, of course, in them days. We don't, CDs hadn't hardly been invented, so it was you know it's like whoa, we'll have some of that. <laughs> well, it's funny you should say that. You're taking me back now. I remember I bought um, I bought Exhumer, Possessed by Fire down in shades mm. um and i um and i actually uh, had mem from exuma on the podcast um a mm. few months ago and i was telling him this story and he goes well that's really cool he goes and he said well i remember you guys acid rain and i was like fucking hell really he's like yeah oh, yeah. yeah i was wow that's a and it, it's it's really weird mike all these years later speaking to people um in in bands like igor um igor cavaliera for for instance i mentioned acid rain he was like yeah yeah i remember you guys yeah like and it's just you just I, you know it's it's unbelievable because of course you, you you're just unaware of it when you're in a band you know you you just and and it's kind of once 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 the band finishes, you think that it just stops, but of course the music just mm. carries on without you. 
Sure. You know, because it's there. And then, of course, and then the internet happened, Mike. Well, of course, this this was all before the internet. And yeah, this was what what was wonderful about about this piece that was on Facebook the other day. They used to do the 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 shades advert in Kerrang, you know, which was yeah. effectively the Bible in them days. There yeah. was nothing else at that point, and 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 so they used to do the shades advert in Kerrang, and and I, I remember. Hey, yeah, I used to go and look when it was my day off. I used to go and look at the advert and think, "What have they got?" Then head down there. <laughs> yeah, and Absolutely. I wish you could do that now. Well, I can't do that now. I don't have any money nowadays. Yeah, but luckily, could do that nowadays. Yeah, but luckily, luckily, music's free, so you don't need any money. Uh, I can't. Uh, no, I know, I know. No, we don't get. We, we don't want to get into that argument because no, we, we don't. I'm on the side. I'm on the side of that. Well, obviously, been working for a label and and promote pro, promo for ten years. I'm on the yeah. side of the artist. Yeah, absolutely. Nothing's as, for free. As is as is everybody no. on this. You know, every, everybody listening to this podcast, mate, listens to uh, listens to music and um, doesn't download it. They buy it. And uh, as I'm constantly saying on the podcast, free is a great word. It's a wonderful word. We love it, but it also means worthless. Um, yeah. You know, and the minute something becomes worthless, believe it or not, it sounds obvious, but it loses all its value. Exactly. Well, the, the other thing is that, it, you know, everybody in our industry, in the promo side, talks about if you put stuff on Spotify, you get almost, you, you get oh, a you grain get, of sand in return. Oh, it, you get, you get, you get the it, smallest it, it, it legal. Really worth it. So yeah. if, if, if that side of the industry works itself out so that people can actually get some value from promoting their music through things like Spotify and and, and, and those kind of things, then we'll be fine. But nobody's yeah. ever worked out how to beat the illegal downloaders. And until we do that, we're, we're going to be floating and nobody's going to make any money. Yeah, but to Seriously. be f- to be fair mate, I I I genuinely think that I think we've moved on. I don't think I I think that now the issue isn't people illegally downloading. The issue is people don't actually see music as something that they should or in fact want to own. They're just happy to stream it. And um it, you know, I mean, the issue about Spotify that you raise is a very interesting one because um, I mean, I was I, I was looking at the acid rain figures the other day, and I've had I've I've had our our back catalogue up there for about well for a while. We've had yeah. we've had just over one hundred and ten thousand streams on Spotify, which mm. is worth about two hundred and seventy five dollars. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, exactly. And but by you know by I, the time one, that's one thing, one thing I did notice the um, I think about three months ago is the the increase in the amount of vinyl being sold now. And people, they took it about 15, 13 to 15% of the market is vinyl. Yeah. And and most, a large percentage of those people that are buying vinyl don't even have a record deck to play it on. They're buying it because it's, it's, it's like buying an up piece of artwork. Because, I mean, and even my guys in Germany, um, AFM, they do wonderful vinyl copies with your gate flow sleeves, yeah. like, like the old days. You know, you remember it's the Pandemonium, Celtic Frost. It came with a wonderful gate flow, gate gate full sleeve, beautiful artwork because it was 
a Geiger, Geiger artwork, obviously, beautiful artwork and everything like that. And people buy it because it's a piece of art. Yeah. It's like, why not? Well, it's... And, fa- and it, yeah. But it's... why... That, that's, that's what I mean. It, people who are our generation now want to own... And this is what you're saying about people wanting to own music. I think people of our generation want to own music almost as a piece of art. If you have an original gatefold sleeve of Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd, you have a piece of art. Yeah. You could put that in a frame, stick it on your wall, put it in, put it in a gallery, it would be a piece of art. And, and, and I think that that's why people are getting into vinyl again, because it, it, is, it is such a wonderful thing to own. A CD, yeah, okay, you know, it, it, it's very functional. A download, what do you have? You don't even have the cover. You can't even you can't even put it on a you can't put it on your your iPod and stick a cover on it, can you? It, it's 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 immaterial, and I think the, the, you can still have that ownership of stuff. I mean, I there was a wonderful thing, and and if you if you ever check out Dave Ling's Facebook page guy from classic rock yeah yeah we're, he, we're friends on facebook we trade football insults regularly he posted he posted his office effectively and the collection is huge yeah now mine is about one not not point not one percent of that but i i still have all of my original stuff that i kept from the 1980s and 1990s i stopped in about 2000 because grunge came along but yeah we will not talk about that uh but um you know and i've got all of that and i still have it and it's like well okay do i get it out and play it very often yeah i do but it's all copied on to other cds now because i don't have to you know bust the vinyl to play it so yeah, well, yeah, I know what you're saying yeah, because believe it. Hey, well, well, funnily enough, funnily enough, um, I, within the last two or three months, uh, bought a turntable and started buying vinyl for the first time in thirty years. You're uh, exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, I, and and, and yeah, the, but exactly. the reason the reason why, and I mean, believe you and me. Um, what I'm about to say, uh, six months ago, I would have, I would have, I would have slagged off anyone saying this, but it's. I've just had a complete turnaround, and I, I, I helped a friend um, set up their stereo, and I set their their turntable up for her, and and she was like, oh, let's put a record on. So I put, and I, and, and there was like Dead Kennedys, Fresh Fruit for Rotten Vegetables, and I took it out of the sleeve, and I, okay, just thought, okay. and I just thought, I just thought, wow, this is taking me back, and I put it on the turntable, and I thought, fuck me, how long is it since I've done this? And then I put the needle on it, and it came to the speakers, and I was just like, I'm in love. That, I, I've, <laughs> it, it, honestly, it, it was, it was like. It was like bumping into it was like bumping into a girl that I had special feelings from for all those years ago, and she's oh, not and, supposed to admit that. And she still <laughs> looked, oh no no she she still looked great, and it was just like wow I just couldn't believe it. So straight away bought a turntable, um, and uh, and and funnily enough um, I don't know if you know um, Joel at Music for Nations or Liam at Universal. Uh, Liam used to be at um, Music for Nations. Mm. Um, I know, but and they they both sent me vinyl care packages, so I'm I'm like straight up to a good sort of thirty or forty 
like vinyl records, and it's fucking great. <laughs> bought the new bought the new Vector on uh, on vinyl, and uh, which which sounds wonderful. But yeah, it's it, it's 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 kind of weird because on my phone I've got like the height, you know, the the height of technology um, with a, with a, like a special digital converter and all sorts on it. But when I'm at home, it, it, it's vinyl, mm. you know. So for for me, it's the best of all worlds. Absolutely. Um, but, they, but going they, back, they, and... they, they say that the, the the sound of the, the the little scratches is better than CD. <laughs> but, well, fun, well funnily enough, do you know what those scratches, and those clip, they used to fucking really wind me up back in the day. But <laughs> really, I think that's why I went away from vinyl. I love my music so much that every time you heard a new scratch, I just wanted to fucking punch the yeah, record. You get, you get you get the 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 first Acid Rain album, and you put it on vinyl, <laughs> and you're like, oh god, there's a scratch there. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the thing is that um, that now, if I hear a scratch, I just don't care. You know, it's like, well, no, I've, no, I've I've got it anyway. And I tell you what, oh, I I got the the um, the first two albums I got were um, were Book of Souls, which of course is a triple vinyl, and mm. um, and um, Anthrax for All Kings, the double vinyl. And honestly, Book of Souls, what a package! What a package! It's three beautifully designed inner sleeves, you know. It just it's it the whole thing is just looks it's it, like you said it's a work of art absolutely well it's just what i'm saying it it, it uh, you know uh it, it it's literally a work of art absolutely yeah and and it's just beautifully designed stunningly done um but of course you 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 met them all when you were uh, when you were at metal forces i mean you know you met acid rain <laughs> um, <laughs> but you were you were there you were there right at the at the um at the forefront of the early days of thrash well, I, I guess I, I was, I was, in the, I was very lucky. I, I, you know, I came up from the West Country. I came up from Bath to London. Um, I mean, the most significant date is June the first, nineteen eighty-four. I saw Venom at Hammersmith, and I said I wanted to be part of this. However, you do it, and then was that I the show Metallica here, were supporting on? Huh? Was that the show Metallica supported on? What, sorry? Was that the show, the one you saw, Venom, 84? Was that the one that Metallica was support on? No, no, Metallica weren't the support. Ah. Uh, Dumpy's Rusty Nuts were the support. <laughs> Me- Met- Metallica were the support in Europe. It was Seven Dates of Hell. Metallica were yeah. the support in Europe, but they didn't play London. Right. And um, and so, yeah, but I, 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 I stood in the audience, and I, in fact, I was in the front row, would you believe and I and I remember thinking, I want to be part of this. How the hell do you get involved with this? And of course, I came up uh, September '84. I came to London. I was I had a I managed to get must have a job up here, and uh, I went in shades the first time, and I saw copy of this magazine called Metal Forces and I said to I said the guy behind the counter, how do you, Dave which turned out to be Dave Constable, how do you get involved with this? And send it to Bernard. So I was like, okay, fine, Bernard Doe, obviously the editor. So I yeah, okay, fine, so I'll do that. Uh and I, I happened to know some really mad guys in uh, that time in in London. And and we they said, Oh, let's go Let's go over to Holland and we'll go and see some bands in Holland. Right. How do you do that? I have no idea. We we got on a uh, what were, they used to be called the boat trains in those days. You could you could you know get down to Dover, get the ferry over, and then you got the train on the other end. 
and we went to this thing called the Yard Shop Dog, which later became Dynamo Festival, yeah. obviously. And we saw King Diamond, uh, Last Rocket, Halloween. Oh, yeah, loads of stuff. And so I wrote a review of that. When I came back, I gave it to Bernard, and Bernard went, oh, yeah, would you like to do some more? And 10 years, I was still doing it. Wonderful. <laughs> oh, that, that's that's awesome. So it is. It, it's just yeah. It, it. I don't know. I don't know how you do it these days. I mean, you know, you you could probably. Oh, now you just to... set up your own website, mate. Now you just set up your own website and you're away. Yeah. Well, yeah. You could do that, but I mean, I I, I just recently applied. Uh, Team Rock and Metal Hammer would um, had vacancies, and I applied to write again. I mean, I've I haven't written a a, a word in anger. I say a word in anger, but I haven't I haven't written a word in anger in terms of reviews. I mean, written, I've written my own biographies and stuff like that. But I, yeah, I, I do I do some stuff for <clears throat> I won't say because it's under a pen name, so I won't I won't, I won't say. But I, I I still do a little bit, but I, I fancy doing some reviews again, and I, I've just applied to to them. So I hope they get back to me. We never know. Well, I, well, I, I, I hope so. I think you're, um, you know, a, a, a valued voice from the um, from back in the day, um, and uh, uh, as well. Funnily enough, you said you were a thrash fan. I mean, uh, so if, is is that something that is that's changed? Oh no, years? no, no. That's no. I still am. I still am. I mean, you better, I, you, know, you better have heard I, the. You better have heard the Acid Rain single we put out. I confess, I haven't. Yeah. <laughs> No, I can't. You, you no, know, I, 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 but I mean, you know, I remember you from the old days. So. Oh yeah, yeah. No, don't worry. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Um, uh, do you play? No, you don't play vinyl. All right, I'll send, I'll send you a link to it anyway. Send so, me a link. To yeah, it. no, I, 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 I will, I will. I was gonna say, send I'll send you, a, I'll send no, you a seven-inch single. No, because we were out in the sticks here now, where, where, where I, where I am, and. Um, you know, we can't always afford to get up into town as much as I'd like to. But yeah, when we can, we 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 do. You know, we try to. But yeah, it's just the way it is. I, I mean, this is the thing. Everybody thinks that you know. I mean, I had a an old friend of mine. I, I've not spoken to him in twenty five years, and it's uh, a mate's fiftieth in July. And he said, "Oh, we should meet up." And he said, "What do you do these days?" And I said, "Well, I, I do, you know, promotion in the music industry." Oh, that's a very glamorous job. I went, nah, uh, 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 it's not. I'm, I'm bloody poor most of the time. No, no. See, the thing is that this idea that people pay loads of money for doing it is not. It's not the point. But it, it's it's being in an industry I love. I've been in an industry I love for thirty years, fifteen years as a as a journalist, and a little bit times on labels and stuff, and, and then promo for ten years, and I and I I love it. And I love it, and I won't quit until somebody comes calling. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I'm glad to hear it. I mean, it, I'm surprised to hear that you're um, that, that you haven't written for so long, um, and it's interesting that you're looking at going back to it as well. Um, I'd love to do it again. I'd lo- I, as I said, I dabble a little bit. Um, I used to work on websites uh, years ago, even when I was working for for Noise in the '90s. Uh, I used to do it a little bit. But uh, yeah, I, I, I still I'm, I still do some stuff for fireworks and under a under a pen name. But I, I still do a little bit of that. But uh, I'd love to get back into writing again. And there's a couple of guys in Germany who 
who were working for for labels and writing for for magazines at the same time. So I don't see why I shouldn't do it. And I, 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 I would really would like to do it. I really would like to do it. Oh, that, and, that was and awesome. Get, get valued for it because when, when we we used to do it on forces in you know you took in eighty five eighty six nobody got paid. It was like okay, I mean we were we were breaking bands like Anthrax. Okay, because you could say we broke Celtic Frost despite the fact that Bernard tried to give them north and destroy them. Yeah, but we, we we you know we 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 broke quite a lot of stuff, and even Kelvin was breaking Poison Rat and the Big Hair Band. Yeah, uh, you know Dave Reynolds was working on it. Then Malcolm and Jerry came in later on when we when we 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 put Metal Forces in into WH Smith. Yeah. And we were doing we were doing reasonably well until 1992, and then unfortunately, yeah, it it, it all kind of went a bit tits up. But it, it, you know, we were competing with Kerrang. We, metal Hammer was virgin at the time because the German Metal Hammer, you know, only converted into the UK one. Raw was launched, and so it, it was kind of a bit, you know, it was it was it was, well, but it was not competitive in those days. Everybody. Everybody did a good laugh, and there was a lot of innocence about it. I think the the problem with the industry now is the innocence is gone, and it's all about making money. You know, if you you, you will know if you're doing anything independently yourself, H. You 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 go and oh, you know, we uh, we'd like to put an ad in. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, what would you like for that ad? Well, we'd like an interview, please. Oh, how big is your ad going to be? How yeah. much is it going to cost? It's it's all so corporate now, and yeah, yeah. Well, it's, I used to love. I used to love a time when it wasn't corporate, <laughs> but now, of course, it's business, and that's what we have to accept, I suppose. But never mind. Well, okay. I think. I think. What I think it can be summed up. Um, what you're saying there is like you know, back in the day, it might be. Look, I'll sort you out. I'll sort you out some drinks or some guest list or whatever. You know, just make sure this is in a different, you know, decent position further up the front of the magazine exactly, or whatever. Yeah, whereas, whereas now, whereas now, you know, it was, it was basically it was under the table. Whereas now, it's over the table. Do you know what I mean? Now it's just shameless. Well, what are you going to do for us? You know. Uh, well, as I said, I mean, with my business hat on, I can't possibly comment. But <laughs> it clearly, no, with my with my fan hat on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, 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 it's, it's absolutely like that. If, you, if you, you get, you know, a couple of big guys to your, to your gig, you expect them to review it, you expect them to get a good review for it. And if you don't get it, you're like, okay. And the label goes, hmm, you know. So, yeah, it is. But we, we, we're talking from a dif- different perspective. You've been there. I've been there. We, we both work for labels. We... Well, you haven't worked for labels, but you've been closely associated with them. Yeah. And so you know how it is. And we, Absolutely. We're not, we're, you know, it's not like we're talking Swahili here. It, it, anybody who thinks that things like baby metal are the future of our music, please behave. Ah, oh, you're it's talking not, my language. Happening. Look behind it. Yeah, and, and look how much money's oh, going in. Ba- baby, that. baby metal is a Japanese fucking Simon Cowell vehicle. I mean, it's just it's put together by one of the largest entertainment um, companies in the world. Exactly, but but realize that's what you see on the cover of Metal Hammer. That's what you see. Yeah. But how many people 
the fans are actually sitting there thinking, oh, they must be good because they're on the cover of Metal Hammer. Uh-huh. It's just, Do uh... you think how much money goes into putting them on the cover? Yeah. It's a lot of money. I'm not kidding you. And this is what, why I'm, what I'm saying now. And I'm 50 and I don't care. I don't, I don't, I don't care. If somebody, somebody comes back to me, oh, you're never getting work in the industry again, you're exposing the... What? No, hang on a minute. Think about it. How much does that cost to get where that is? Yeah. They pack out Wembley Arena. Loads of people turn up. Why? Because it's the hype that created Slipknot. It's the hype that created Trivium. It's the hype that created all of that stuff. Where a Trivium playing clubs, 500 cap. That's it. Yeah. Let's be honest. Whereas Slipknot, okay, still going, still doing the same thing. He wants to become an actor now. Okay, fine. Corey Taylor, go and become an actor. Brilliant. You know, it's it's like the next biggest thing is baby metal. Please do me a favour. Yeah. Where is the future of what we're doing? I, You know, where is the future of what we're doing? One of the, the, the best bands in the UK was Beholder for years. Where are they? Never been signed, never been pushed heavily, never got a break. They should. They were damn good. Yeah. And it's like, where are we going? Are we just going to wait till, okay, we lost Lemmy at Christmas. Bless. I nearly fell over backwards. I was into, into Motorhead when I was 13 years old. And you lose an icon. I, I interviewed that guy many years since. Wonderful person to talk to. You know, who are we going to, who are we going to hold on to? Ozzy? He could go next week. Yeah. You know, Glenn Fry from the Eagles went straight after Lemmy. Anybody could go within the next 10 years. What are we going to hold on to? Baby metal? Please <laughs> do me a favour. I, I, I completely agree. I mean, it, it, it galls me every time I see a major um, um, artist having their photo taken with them saying, oh, no, man, this is really cool and all that. I mean, everybody from Rob Alford to Scotty and to um, uh, Rob Zombie is having their picture taken with them saying, oh, it's really cool. They're doing something different, you know, yada, yada, yada. It's it's it, and it, it it's it's not different. It's it's basically it's fucking updated heavy metal new kids on the block. I I I can say nothing. I I if I said <laughs> what I think about it, this wouldn't go live. I tell you. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but it must have been fun being at uh, being at Noise in the nineties. Jesus Christ, I, rem- I I remember now. I remember you going to, going to Noise, and um, bloody hell, that must that must have been. You must have seen some chaos there. What Noise? Yeah. No, not not really. We no, not really. We we came in after the sort of chaos era. I think. I mean, uh, the, the, there was. I mean, when I started. Uh, when was that? Nineteen ninety-two. I think the first album we did was a was a compilation of Celtic Frost, and we, yeah, we had a we had a few chaos situations. Um, my best one was um, 
Carl had under modern music, which was the the parent label. Yes, he, yeah. He had a he had a sub label called Dynamica, which was industrial metal basically. Yeah, and he and he signed this band Cubanate, uh, and Mark Heal, who was the singer, and uh, I suggested. And I was told I was completely insane for suggesting this, but I, I suggested putting them on tour with Carcass. And I actually sent the, the, the CD to Carcass's manager at the time. I can't remember his name, unfortunately. Um, but I sent, and, and, and Bill Steer sent me a, a, a message back saying, yeah, we kind of fancy this. This might be quite kind of interesting. And it was really heavy industrial stuff. It was like front 242 meets, Battery. I mean, it was really, really intense. Right. And and so and, and and they put them on tour, and I think Mark got about three death threats by the time he got to Belfast, which was only about the third day of the tour. And and it was just so intense; it was ridiculous. But but people said to me that was really, and that was what it was about. It was confrontation, and you know, yeah, we did that. But I think no, I think I think all the the. Um, yeah, we we did all the, yeah, we we did some of the the, the, the stuff with uh, Tankard and Skyclad and the bands that were around on Noise at the time. And it, what I find actually really really interesting, and I've noticed this over the last couple of weeks, is that Noise has actually been brought back yeah. by BMG. Have you have you seen that? Yeah, yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna get a load of reissues at last. Yeah, yeah, um, Xavier Russell's doing the Tankard. Um, I think he's actually done it. I think it's actually out already. Uh, the sleeve notes for that, um, fantastic. And I, I actually, I actually um, emailed Steve Hammond and said, "Oh, how are you doing it?" Of course, it's all wrapped up with BMG. But yeah, no, fascinating. I can't, fascinating. I can't wait. See all that, can't... all all that stuff being reissued. Oh, absolutely. It all we... got lost. It all got lost. That was the horrendous thing. It all got lost. Because noise got sold to Sanctuary, Sanctuary yeah. got sold to Universal, and it all got buried. But it, of course, Universal went then went to all that stuff went to BMG, and BMG is now reissuing it. And fantastic! I, I, I hope they sell bucket loads of them because that was great stuff to be involved with. Well, it's, fr- it's funny you should say that because that's that's what happened because Sony um, ended up buying well, Sony or BMG ended up with the Music for Nations catalogue. Mm, um, because um, I, I tried to get the original master tapes to, to do remasters because the, mm. the, the publishing came back to us after 10 years, or ownership rather. So, um, and, that, and I rang them up and they were like, well, give us a couple of weeks. And I rang up and they were like, yeah, no chance, mate. Um, he said it's just a, it's just a total mess. And funnily enough, um, I was talking to um, uh, Liam at Music for Nations, and he was saying that it, it it was it was so difficult to keep a hold of that stuff and keep a record of you know things like master tapes yeah, and master yeah, artwork. Yeah. And I'm I, I mean I, I I think and this is a horrible thing to say, but uh, there, there 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 was a Music for Nations bonfire basically. Um, <laughs> and it, and 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 it was the you know the parent label just basically signed off on putting everything in a furnace instead of storing mm. it. Um, which which I, have, is... I have a wonderful story for you. There, there was a, a, a wonderful band that we signed when I was working at Noise called Seven Church. They it was really doomy. Yeah, uh, 
songs, some songs went on for like 15 minutes or whatever. Um, and we released the album through noise and I persuaded Carl to, to release it. And, and it was, it was like, it was like candle mass on, um, I don't know, on a downer, basically. It was really, yeah. it was, it was hugely, but, um, Malcolm Dome later on put it in Metal Hammer as being one of the, the, you know, classic releases for, for, this is when Cathedral were first around, you know, when Lee yeah. was doing Cathedral in the early days and all their songs were about 10 minutes anyway. And, and it was the same kind of time. And, and the drummer spent, I think he must have spent 10 years. He was the only person still trying to find the material and get it back to reissue it. And that had gone through noise, sanctuary into universal. And, and I think eventually he tracked it down, but oh yeah, now it's really uh, difficult. It's it, it, and it's, it, it, I don't, I don't think it ever got reissued, but yeah, they, they, I think they did a reunion gig about 20 years later. Oh, that'd be like you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, hey, we're, we're, um, we're playing Leicester de Montfort Hall tomorrow night. Oh yeah, oh blimey! Yeah. I know, I know. Don't yeah, don't worry. Not the main stage, but um, yeah, yeah. No, it's it, it, it's 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 good to be back. But yeah, those 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 um those classic noise. I mean, that means that all the early creator stuff's going to get uh, remastered and re-released. The early Voivod stuff. I don't know about all of them. I think they only. I think they're they're doing Pleasure to Kill. And they're doing a. I think they might do endless pain and pleasure to kill, but they 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 don't have much after. They don't have anything after renewal. I don't think. So no. What about yeah? But what about extreme aggressions? I've not researched it that much. You you got extreme aggressions has got to get got to get a remaster. Yeah, probably that might be one of them that gets a rerun. Yeah. But I mean, I know I spoke with um, I spoke with Chewy from um, from Voivod last year, and I was talking to him about the the remasters, and he said that Away was had been trying to make it happen for years, but there was just something weird going on. They could never they could never track down the tapes or ownership or whatever whatever the issues were. There always just seemed to be a well. Home. I think I think it's as you say. I think it's you know all going around the system, and yeah, it gets lost in the system really. Yeah, yeah, it does. And uh, after all these years as well, it, it's it's kind of like I don't know, you know, it, it's kind of weird to think of of the stuff that when that you know when the stuff that we bought, that we listened to, that we loved when it first came out, that was that was completely rejected and looked upon with disdain by the whole kind of metal community, and and now you know those very albums are being reissued as classics. You know, it, it's that's true, but I think that that was all about changing taste. I mean, I, I can remember, I can remember going up. Oh, now when are we talking about it? it? Must be when did Nevermind come out? It's about nineteen something, early nineties. It was nineteen ninety, actually. Doing, it was nineteen ninety, I think. Yeah, doing doing an interview with Nirvana when Bleach was out. They played uh, a venue in Birmingham, which subsequently burned down Edwards it's not there anymore oh Edwards um, I played there a couple of times didn't realise it burnt down yeah, yeah. Uh, doing that and it was the first that it got printed in Metal Forces and if somebody can help me out I need to find that copy of that issue it's like gold dust I have 
most of my copies of Metal Forces, but I cannot get that one back. Well, if anyone listening um, has got one, I'll get them to email me and we'll uh, we'll hook you up. Yeah, yeah. It was the, it was the first. Well, I may be pretentious in saying this, but it was the as as far as I understand it, it was the first major magazine interview in the UK with Nirvana before Nevermind got released. When Nevermind got released, wow! Yeah. It was like yeah. it was like the first man on the moon, you know. Yeah, I and, remember. Uh, the only thing I I regret from actually interviewing them was did I keep the ticket? No. Did I keep anything from the venue? No. Did I get anything signed? No. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I mean, it, but then you look you look back and you think, well, but you know. How I mean, yeah. So you went and interviewed them in Birmingham. And that was one of how many interviews that week, of how many gigs that week, you know. And and if if you did that at every single gig, you know, got something signed or be, you know, you you would never have had room for it all anyway. No, exactly, exactly. I think I, I probably I probably was doing an interview the next week with somebody and probably erased uh, having having written it all and sent it off to Bernard. Erased it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, yeah. Because they, they were on sub pop in them days, and nobody thought, oh, in Nirvana, you know. I mean, the sub pop bands in those days that were big was um, Mud Honey and Soundgarden. It was like, okay, Nirvana, okay. And then obviously they did Nevermind with Geffen, and boof, it was like, you know, okay, the rockets just gone up. <laughs> just, just think, just think if you'd saved that interview, God, you could have retired on that interview right now. Absolutely. absolutely. Scary stuff. Scary stuff. Um, but you're um, uh, see, and and of course now have it all these years later. Uh, well, I say all these years later, you've, but you've been in PR for, a, for for quite some time. Was that just a logical next step? Was that a part of the industry that you felt, you know, at home in, and that was still buoyant? Well, for doing for doing promotion, um, no. Basically, I I I got an offer. Um, Two thousand six, I got an offer from um, from AFM to do it and uh, it came from a guy that I will always credit him for saying it uh, for sh- from Schmier for Destruction yeah uh, they but- were playing the UK that year and they said oh we're in the UK we we don't seem to have any promotion and um, they they were they were touring with a, a band on Nuclear Blast at the time and they, they said yeah and, and Shmir said, I, I know somebody who can do it. And, and I actually got the offer from AFM and I took it on. And I said, yeah, yeah, fantastic. You know, yeah, fantastic. So, oh, that's awesome. Can you bear with me just for two minutes? I, yeah. I don't want to leave you for too long. But yeah, yeah, no, 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 don't worry. Just bear, me, bear with me for a minute. Yeah, will do. So there you go, folks. Um, I'm, I'm actually now on hold. Um when you think of all of the people I've interviewed, right, and yeah, hundred, you know, hundred percent undivided attention. Some of the stars we've had on the show, from Scott Ian to Gary Holt to um, Otep Shemaya to Godless from the Metal Sucks podcast. Not really. Um, none of them. Not one of them. Put me on hold. Did they? They. Eh? Also, can you just wait there for five minutes? So um, here I am padding because I don't, you know, I don't want to edit. That was a bit. I guess it's not editing, really, is it? I would just be pausing it. Um, 
but I just seem, seems like a bit of a, a bit of a cop out, really. I hope he's still there. Um, I'm not sure where he's gone. Um, so anyway, yeah, uh, playing Leicester tomorrow. <laughs> Excited about that. Picking Mark up from the train station, and that's uh, Mark, our drummer, Mark Jackson, the uh, who is some sort of strange cross between sort of Paul Bostaff and Bill Ward. Not to look at, that'd be hideous, uh, just in his drumming style. Oh, you're back. No. Oh. Okay, sorry about that. I'm back with you. That's all right, mate. That's all right. Would you, do you want to let us in on what what you were doing, or is it not that heavy metal? Huh? I was going to say, do you want to let us in on what you were doing, or is it not that heavy metal? You know, letting the cat in or something. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> all right, okay. No, I'm not, I'm not going to put that on the podcast while I was doing <laughs> Good, good. Yeah, because yeah, I, I don't, I don't edit. We'll be going out thoroughly as as is. So, oh, uh, for God's sake, well, I definitely don't want to tell you what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was Hang on, this is starting. This is starting to get a bit. We're fucking worrying now. Well, can, can you can you go to the toilet live in an interview? I suppose you can. <laughs> you should. Well, you should have done, mate. You should have just taken the phone with you. Um, and, and, <laughs> well, I know. I took I, it in there. Bugger off. <laughs> so anyway, where were we? Wait, where were we? I think we were in. Uh, well, um, Schmier, who again been on the podcast, had yeah, all the had the no, great, the no, good I, on I, it. I, I, uh, I credit it. I mean, they destruction have always been one of my favorite. Well, in fact, my favorite band. And you know, everybody say, "Oh, who's your favorite band?" And you, you expect to say Metallica or whatever. And I would say, "Oh, no, Destruction." And who? And it's like, no, I, I. I I was into them, I think when I first got into to writing for Forces, and one of my first tour of Europe, when I, when I first sort of jumped over the, <clears throat> uh, jumped over to Europe, was uh, with them with Creator and Rage, and I, and I said, yeah, I, you know, I definitely follow this band, and, and I, I have all the early albums, <coughs> and I actually love the new stuff they do. I mean, Under Attack, I don't know if you, you've heard that. They're just yeah. on the tracks of the new album. Super. It's like the old days. And we've done... I was very lucky to work with them for... Hmm, nigh on about four or five years. <coughs> because when I when I uh, started with AFM, they were obviously signed to AFM. Yeah. And uh, we had some great laughs, yeah. We had some great laughs, but we also had some, the, as you know, H, some really good tours, <laughs> and then the ones from hell. Yes. You go yeah. to these venues where you think, what the hell on earth are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That rem- um, I, I rocked up in rocked up in um, in in Ireland. We we were playing um, a little town called um, Drogheda or Drogheda or however it's pronounced. And when we arrived, when we arrived, they were just, they were finishing making the stage. Um, the stage that Kev would plummet through later in the, uh, later in the evening. Um, and we turned up, turned up in Aberdeen once where they were making the barrier and they were making, and they were, they were, they were nailing bits of wood together and they couldn't see the problem with having wooden nails being what was going, <laughs> be, be, you know, having a barrier to hold people back made of wooden yeah, nails. Yeah, yeah. They they couldn't yeah. couldn't get their heads. I mean, fuck me. Talk about health and safety. I mean, I, I, I it's the bane of my life now, and I hate there, it. There was, there, there was none. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We've gone exactly. from one we're, stupid we're, we're, state we're, of affairs we're, to we're, another. 
did this we did this tour with um disruption and onslaught and i i still call it the tour from hell because it was <laughs> i think i think it was called something like that anyway but we went to a venue in brighton should i name it yeah of course you should go on maybe not but it, it it literally should have been condemned. They you you walked in and they were trying to 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 put a a, a fully professional well, two fully professional bands through a four track sound desk. Now I I don't know Fuck your, it your podcast listeners will probably not know too much about how 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 it's how it's done, but you cannot put drums, bass, and guitars through the same channel it does not sound good at all yeah but th- this thing was like oh this, this, this it's like what the fuck is this and and it was it was oh no no it was horrendous and, but I've, I've i've done some because i like to go out even though i do only do promotion i like to go out and do a couple of shows with some of my bands and i have been to some of the best venues in the country some of them are pubs, and they do a fantastic job. Yeah. And the sound is great, and you can have a fantastic evening. 150 people turn up, the place is packed. And I've also been to some of the worst. And we won't name them to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, but I, I, you know what? Some, some, of the, some of the best gigs um, are... You know, some of the shitholes and some of the worst gigs are some of the, you know, some some of the so-called nice places. Oh, sure. I mean, you know, it's, it's very bizarre. It's very bizarre how some of how some of them get onto the the, the 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 kind of general. Okay, we're not talking major tour list, but the smaller tour list, and how some of them survive, I do not know. Yeah, but you know. There's a couple of them that definitely should not be included because it, it, it's just a waste of time. It is, but it, it's kind of like, um, I, I don't know, you know, the uh, venues, I, I just don't know how they survive now. Well, well, it, it's uh, club, club nights and tribute bands mainly. Um, yeah, yeah which, which, which is the Which is the absolutely, completely sad realization of our uh of the current state of the business um i mean it's funny actually that reminds me um i was included um, acid rain were included on a tweet recently um this week and it was my local paper back in harrogate the harrogate advertiser naming the 10 biggest bands ever to come from harrogate <laughs> and we weren't in that list and you were not in the list we weren't in the list no. i know i know an eighth on their list was um uh was a current fucking tribute band a current foo fighters tribute band for fuck's sake <laughs> and we never made the list I, I tweeted them like with a picture of bloodstock with us like you know headlining uh, the sophie stage on the saturday yeah, it was like yeah. i tweeted that i was going you didn't do much fucking research did you and oh <laughs> honestly i want i want i want an apology <laughs> i'm gonna have my lawyer onto them <coughs> Absolutely horrible, honestly. Um, Funnily enough, you've mentioned Malcolm a few times. I've had Malcolm on here twice. Um, we've uh, we've caught up a couple of times when he's um, uh, when he's around. And you said you're you're back in the sticks now, so you're out of London these days. Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 down in Surrey. I I, 
I can't I can't live in central London now. I, I did this just it would annoy annoy me intensely. Where so whereabouts so, and whereabouts in Surrey? Uh, I'm I'm only in Surbiton. I'm, oh I'm, right, I'm okay. Not too far out, but I mean, I can jump on a train. I can be in London in forty minutes. But yeah, no, it's it's, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice, nice part. To, it's a nice part of the world. Uh, you, yeah, you've, it's, you've, nice, you've got it's a, nice to sit in your you know sit in your back garden and hear a few birds chirping and stuff instead of hearing the you know the motorway going past or the train going past or or the local tr- or the local tramps fighting over special brew. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, you've got a you've got a um, a vineyard out there in Surbiton, haven't you? Uh, not really. We've got we've got one in Kingston, uh, the Fighting Cocks, um, which is a tiny, is a little place. Oh no, 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 uh, no! Used no. to have one. That, that's uh, that's an awesome. That's an awesome Peel, venue. That closed down. Um, now, I think you've misheard yeah. me, Mike. You've misheard me. I said vineyard. Oh, a, a vineyard. Yes. No, no, that's that in Dorking. Ah, I always get Dorking yeah, and Surbiton confused. Oh, it's wonderful. It's very nice. <laughs> yeah. I, um, God, I we are sounding like a couple of mid- middle-aged old fuckers now, aren't we? It's like remin- Den- reminiscing Den- about Denby's. our crazy days. Denby's out in Dorking. That is really right. nice. Ah, right. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, predominantly white wine, but if you like, oh, yeah, very, very nice. Yeah. Right, well, uh, let, well, that's that's our that's our advert for um, uh, the uh, Dorking Tourist Board done. Um, uh, so anyway, look, I'm g- I'm going to wrap it up there. Believe it or not, we, believe it or not, we've been jabbering on for an hour. We have. It's ridiculous. Absolutely, and I promised I promised the missus it would only be forty minutes. <laughs> Well look, well, look. Well, look. Um, I, I will definitely, uh, we, you know, part one. We're definitely going to have to catch up again, and next time we'll have to do it face to face over a beer or something. Next time we do it live over a beer. Definitely. Great. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, Mike. Thank you very much for taking the time out. It's it's awesome. Not I know, a problem at all. And now Thanks. everybody's going to really be take looking forward to it. Take good care, and thanks for thinking on me. And send me if you can. Yeah. Just send me a copy of this, would you? Um, I'll, I'll send you a link as soon as it's out. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fantastic. I'd Great. Love to, love, to, love to hear myself <laughs> talking bollocks. <laughs> I knew you could, mate. I knew you could. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's why you asked me to do it, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. All, All right. right. Take All care. Right. Take Say hello. Care, so, yeah, you, get, you go off. I'm keeping you from your wife. I feel terrible. Yeah, talk to you soon then. See you later, mate. All the best. Cheers. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So that was my man Mike there, and um, uh, yeah, re- it was really cool to catch up with him. Um, haven't seen him for a long time, and um, haven't really had the chance to chat much. We've exchanged a few emails, and um, he hooked me up with um, with the Flotsam and Jetsam album, actually, and, uh, and, all, and, and so yeah, just a, a very, very cool guy who I've known a long time, and, um, and I think y'all would agree, that was a really fascinating interview. Um, uh, uh, well, yeah, I, I, well, I hope you do. Um, if not, well, you know what you can do, don't you? Either do your own podcast or ultimately get lost. Um, so, uh, without further ado, I'm packing them in here. I'm packing them in. Um, I am going to move straight on to uh, Xavier Russell, um, who, uh, funnily enough, I'm going to chuck this in there. It might mean something to some of you. It was um, Ken Russell, the filmmaker's uh, son. 
Uh, well, he still is, but um, Ken Russell's no longer with us, unfortunately. He was a great filmmaker. Um, so anyway, we met up uh, in a pub um, not that long ago. Um, it was really cool. I emailed him and said, look, you know, would you be up for meeting up? And he was like, yeah, definitely. Um, and, uh, and, and, and so we did. So um, uh, this was, our, uh, this was our, um, our chat only a few weeks ago. This is very much, um, it tends to be quite, um, what's the word, DIY. Okay, so, uh, that's so good. We, we, we will just, we just chat and waffle, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> talk absolutely. talk bollocks. That's the one, that's the one. Um, so you find me here um, in the heart of, um, I was going to say Camden. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, not fucking Camden. Of course, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so we're here in the heart of Clapham in a pub that was designed by Escher. Yeah. yeah, which is insane. That guy who does those weird pictures that make no sense. Um, that's the never-ending stairway. That's it. Yeah, that's the one. So, um, uh, and and I'm here with, um, well, one of the big four of metal journalists, I think. Um, uh, I, I'm, you know, the famous, the infamous, yeah. the king of the caps, yeah. um, the uh, the. Um, the legend, <laughs> yeah, the legend that is um, Xavier Russell. Welcome, welcome. Nice to meet you. Yes, well, well maybe you, are you sure we've him. met? I'm sure, well, unless it's the other guy. Unless well, no, no. If you if you've met someone in acid rain, it's probably me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah, believe your hair was a bit longer. Yes, and well, yours was less grey. Yes. But yes. well, yeah. I still got some. Well, funnily <laughs> enough, when I came around the corner, I thought I, I recognised you, so I think we must have met yeah, at some we point. Have. We have. Um, yeah. And it was in the scuzzy underworld. Yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> but um, obviously, you're you know famous for, amongst many things, being one of the people that was right there at the beginning of Thrash, and yeah. one of the only people who liked um, Acid Rain's last studio album, Obnoxious. <laughs> yeah. um, thanks for the review, by the way. That's all right. Like, to, uh, Checking tw- the post. <laughs> Twenty-six years later, I get to thank you for the review. Yeah, yeah. Um, I but thought you because you took that to the comic, slightly comical approach to it. Yeah. At least I thought so. That, I like all that. That's why I love fans like Tanker. Well, we were always, we, I, I mean, we were always, sense of humour. We had a sense of humour, and that is, I think it's essential. But, yes. You know. Anywho, um, I wanted to go right back to the beginning, um, and obviously not, you know, the dawn of time, but um, it feels almost like it, the dawn of thrash. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously there's no, well, one thing I want to say, were you... Were you conscious at the time that you were that this was, you know, going to be as kind of life changing musically as it was? Yeah, well, it's weird. I came across it all accidentally. I right. was out in San Francisco doing a story, and I just got a free transfer from Sounds to Kerrang. And Kerrang was in its quite early days. Right. Uh, yeah. And I started out by doing reviews for Jeff Barton, who you must have known, and. I got a tip off that Motley Crue was playing with Y&T, who I really liked at the time, yeah. on this triple bill with a guitarist like Hendrix called Randy Hansen. Anyway, there's a store called, a record shop called The Record Got, I think it was called, on in San Francisco, and I used to go in there a lot to get my records cheap, and a guy called Scott Ian, um, not Scott Ian, um, one of the guys that, um, who's the guy, Ron Quintana. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. Who did that, well, it was called Metallica at the time, the fanzine yes. was going to be called that. He just thrust this cassette into my hand, said, play this. And I looked at it, said, Metallica. And, I could, and it was later, I, it was Lars's writing. Yeah. Turn bass down on amp, it's the famous one. Yeah. Anyway, I, did, I just put it in my pocket and forgot about it. Went to this gig, 
and then this guy kept phoning me up and said they're playing next Tuesday you've got to listen to the tape I put it on in my mate's flat where I stayed I thought fuck this is different it's energy it's fast it's like Ted Nugent on speed was the nearest I could come to it right um, but in a different sort of way and it was yeah, but, also, it, but also not not, not motorhead not motorhead either it was yeah. it was it, what it was it was a mixture of styles and that's what I liked about it so you had still had the chugging down guitars but they were much much faster so it was almost like heavy metal going from 33 to 78 you know you just speed it up anyway I said fuck I'm going to yeah, I found him back up I said get me on the fucking guest list quick quick yeah. and it was a metal Monday they used to have this thing at the old Wardle which was in the financial district of San Francisco and Metallic was middle of the bill. Lars Rocket was headlining. Right, okay. And there was a band called Overdrive, I think, underneath. And he said, get there early. And then Lars was looking at the guest list, and he knew my name because he knew all the European journalists. And I of think course, he knew me yeah. from sound. So anyway, hey, nice to meet you. And I said, had this funny accent. And I said, where are you from then? He goes, Denmark. And he, he started, the minute he started banging on about Diamond Head straight away, <laughs> have I seen him? How many times has he yeah. Right. He said, I think you're going to like us. Anyway, so I, I watched him and I remember, I got, because you get those big pictures of beers, I just sat down on this table. I wasn't sitting for very long and they came on and they started with motor breath and it's just like that. I was just blown away. Anyway, so I found out Jeff Bott said, fucking hell, I found this band. Metallica, said, oh yeah, vaguely heard of them. Is that the one with, with two T's? Because I think they were misspelled. You know, on the very first Metal Massacre album, yes. I think the Metallica was spelled with two T's. Now, this was Metallica Mark II. I missed Mark I had Lloyd Grant, black guitarist. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the, the version I saw was Ron McGovney on bass, not Cliff. Yeah. Cliff was still in trauma. Hetfield and Mustang. Ah, right, okay. And so you actually, so saw, I actually saw them with Mustang. You saw them with Mustang. I was, and I, between you and me, I still think that's the best version. Yeah. Not so much the bass. I think Cliff's a better bass player than Ron. Yeah. Ron ended up being an accountant, so that says that. Or something in a state <laughs> agent or something like that. Yeah. Nice chap, but not a brilliant bass player. But Hetfield and Mustang, it was like watching two brothers who didn't get on on stage. Because right. they're quite similar when you actually look at them. You know, back if you're going back in the day, Hetfield with his hair, Mustang with his hair, both dynamic in their own way. But I believe that it was the beginning of Mustang's problem with his drugs and all that stuff. And then you couldn't, the two personalities were just, you couldn't have both. It had to be one or the could other. You, could you, I mean, was that visible even then? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Because it was like, it was almost like pushing each other. I mean, it was brilliant because they're both so good. Um, but Mustang, and, and they had, it's weird, they had the bottom half of them was like spandex, you know, still sort of almost Motley Crew with black. Right. Then they had the bullet belts with motorhead t-shirts, so it looked quite odd. Right. And then denim jackets with the usual venom patches and stuff on the back. But back then, you, but the energy was just so intense. And I came out, anyway, so Jeff said, do a short piece, and it came out of Crank, it's called Metal Up Your Arse, because that was the beginning of the whole Metal Up Your Arse thing. Right, okay, yeah. <laughs> so that was quite good. And then I kept in touch with them, um, and then they came over to Europe, and then the whole MFN thing happened. Yeah. And they, in fact, they were bigger in Europe before they were in America, and the reason they were relocated from, San, from LA to San Francisco, at that time, the bands dominating LA was Motley Crue, Rat, yeah. Boys, and it was all the landing, a Metallica out of place there. Whereas up in San Francisco, you started having bands like Exodus, and all those were coming through. So yeah. it made more sense for Metallica to relocate there. And that, that, that's the beginning of it. And then I started getting to bands like Exodus and all that. And then after that, the whole European thrash thing came in with no, all those noise records bands. Yes. Yeah, good old noise. Oh. And then when, and I finished off the Metallica thing. Yeah. And then once they got going, um, and MFN, they started touring here a lot and did well. I remember Peter Mensch phoned me up 
to Athletics Manager. So yeah. this band Metallica, what do you think? I said, I said, this was 81. I said, by 91, they'll be the biggest band in the planet. 91. Right. Well, well. <laughs> the Black Album. Brave words. You yeah. should have got down a betting shot. I, I forgot. I didn't even think about it. Yeah. Anyway, so he said, how do I get hold of the band? Now, you've got to remember, this is pre-mobile phones. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. it wasn't easy to get. Pre-mobile phones. And Metallica kind of skid back in those days. So I'm sorry, sorry. Let's just savor <laughs> that phrase, shall we? Right. Metallica were quite skin, extremely skin. Oh, that's brilliant! That's brilliant. <laughs> and anyway, so I knew Kirk Hammett's mother. I got her number from someone, and they live in this famous place where they did the launch of their recent. Um, you know, they repackaged the albums, the first three. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I got through to the mother and I said... Um, first two, actually. First two. Yeah, because the then, one we all want, Master of Puppets, has not been remastered. No, it's not repackaged. But they're about to do it. Are they really? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. And they're doing... A, apparently Metallica are writing a book about that, the making of that album. Oh, it's, well, it's about to come out. It's oh, is it? Back oh, to the front. Oh, right. Oh, right. Oh, right. Well, so, know. yeah. Did you, uh, did you do any kind of interviews or anything for that? No. I did, I did for the Kill em All repackage. Right. And they might have, because I did the tour programme for the 86 tour. Right, yeah. So they might have used quotes on that and the Master of Puppets. I was on that 86 tour, I bought a copy of that programme. <laughs> <Hey>? <laughs> wow. Life has a funny way of coming round in circles. Anyway, get, me, get yes. back to that story. Yeah. So I phoned up the mother and I said, quick, quick, I've got to get in touch with any, any member of the band, because there's a big management interested in them. Yeah, because um, yeah, this is about as big as it could get right then for yeah. interest-wise. Because yeah. Renembry um, mentioned, I don't think he'd got hold of, or he might have done it, but this would be about 84, so he would have been started managing Def Leppard, so that would have been his big act. And of course, he was an accountant for CBS for a long time, and it was him that got ACDC big in America, Aerosmith. He was he worked for the um, uh, big management company, Lever Krebs, right. and he was the accountant. Then, of course, he set up his own with Cliff Bernstein. Anyway, so I said to Mitch, I finally got this number, but they, they then put They then um, said, well, we're going to be in this call box. Can you try and... I said, this is going to be fucking tricky. So I phoned up this call box. They, they reverse charge calls to my flat. <coughs> right. And all of them were in the phone box. And I said... I said, so what number do I give Mensch? And they, they read out this number. Of course, they kept finding me back because it was always slightly wrong. Because, you, you know, the 0044 and all that. Right, yeah, yeah. And then Mensch phoned me up. I said, they're in this call box. So Mensch then phones me back. Says, I can't get through. It's engaged. So that Metallica had to get out the call box to let someone make a call. Then, <laughs> then Mensch phoned me back. I said, try one more time. Mensch phoned them back. The rest is history. <laughs> wow. So I sort of partly responsible for getting the day managed. That is ridiculous. Yeah, but it was, it was no mobile phones back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's weird, I, like I told you, I went to, just went to see Bloister Car because they did last night, they did the 40th anniversary tour for the Agents of Fortune album and they played 25 songs, which is amazing for a band getting on a bit now. Yeah. But I actually physically, there's a song they do called The Vigil, which is extremely heavy, and I actually remember Lars and James coming around to my flat in Notting Hill and headbagging to it till three in the morning with a bloke hammering his broom on the <laughs> And we had a we had a bucket of um, we had a bucket of KFC and I'm drinking Jack Daniels and God knows what. And I both remember both of them saying, This is one fucking riff, we wish we'd written this song. <laughs> but, but the thing about Metallica, I remember that they put them actually accept at the Odeon. Hetfield and Mustang just run, not Mustang, Hetfield and Ulrich just ran straight down the front. Brilliant. So that just shows you they were real music fans. Yeah, absolutely. But I, th- I, I mean, I think uh, it's funny. 
there is they, they've become such public property that that you know there's all people are like oh first three albums and then everything else uh, is rubbish yeah. or it's oh it's and, like but, but the black album it's weird because for some people that's you know like any album for some people that is their that was their their gateway yeah yeah into, was their gateway into going to back and all sorts but going yeah. but discovering fraction stuff like that but for yeah. other people it was the it was it was shutting the gate and I'm done with them. That's, yes, that's not thrash anymore. And well, you know, it's, well, for some people, Justice for All was the, the turning point. Yes, the worst produced out of men. There's no base on it, nothing. Well, you're you're. <laughs> I think you're on record as giving that a right old kicking. Aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yes, and um, it thoroughly deserved it. I mean, it's, the thing is, the songs are good on it. It's just the production is rubbish. Yes, uh, there is. A, well, <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Because it, it, it is. It, it's the sound of a band struggling to accept the bass player mm. who isn't Cliff. I know, but they always wanted Joey Vera from Armadson, and he wouldn't leave Armadson. He's loyal to the same cause. Um, which is, you know, I, I, you know, I said to him, did you ever regret not doing it? He said, look, I love Metallica, I love the guys, I love the band, but Armored Saint is in, you know, it's like someone's put the top on the West Ham, you know, it's, you, you go with the team you support. And I think he was just so loyal to the same cause. Um, because he was by far the best bass player outside Cliff. And when you actually yeah. look at Cliff and his bass playing, sometimes it was like watching a different band because he would play whatever bass he wanted and he didn't yeah. always fit in with the music. It's like a bit like Wyman in the Stones with Charlie Watts. They play their own rhythms and then you've got the other two playing their rhythms. That's, what, that's why the Stones are so good live. It's just and it's similar with Metallica. And I remember, and of course, again, musically, Cliff was into totally different music to them. He liked yeah. Leonard Skinner, the, the Blues, he liked the old music, yeah. but happily just played his fresh. And I'll never forget when they played Donington one year, he was standing on the side, and a, a, you know how they always throw food, fruit, and rubbish. Yeah. Anyways, this pair came up onto the stage, went into his bass bin, came out, he took a bite of it and threw it right back to the same person he's right. <laughs> That's the sort of Brilliant. person Cliff was. Yeah. <laughs> it's really fun. And then, you know, that's... And the thing about Metallica is when Death Magnetic came out, I got interviewed by Paul Brannigan for his book. He said, what do you think of that album? I said, do you want the honest truth? I can't remember one song on it. Yeah. So that shows, whereas, you know, the first three albums, I can remember every song. I don't know whether it's because I grew up in that group, but if a song hasn't got a catchy thing, it just sounded like Metallica, but didn't have the... The yeah. magic of the earlier albums, whereas the Black Album did have good songs on it. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I don't yeah. think they really, you know, you know, the ones like Load and all those. They, they tried different experiments, slightly southern or slightly this and slightly that. And it was like, you know, a lot of bands write their, their best stuff in their former years. Well, I think um, for me, I think this, this this next album is a real test because I think. We were all so happy to hear an album when when Death Magnetic came out. I think we were all so happy to hear an album that wasn't shit. Yes. You know, after Death, after after Saint Anger, I think it was like it was a blessed relief. Saint Anger, where everyone got angry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But whereas now they we haven't got that. Now it's a case of well, really, this is you've got to deliver it, you know, with this because maybe they'll try and go back to. How they, how they were on the first three albums, I don't know. You know it's like, a strange one, isn't it? Because then, I mean... You know, like the Four Horsemen and the Mechanics are the same song, but there's a Mustang version and their version. So, yeah. you know, it's the, whether they'll try and do that. I well, uh, yeah, and the, the weird thing is, I mean, I know Rick Rubin had a lot to do with 
Death Magnetic and you know wanted them he was like you know trying to say to them look you know just imagine you're like you know you're you're in the battle of the bands and you you know you're you're writing you know, I just I just don't I don't I don't see I mean, how that is like, possible. Yeah. I mean it's almost like did they use Rick Rubin because he produced the best thrash sounding album ever? I'm talking about Slayer's yeah, yeah. Rain in Blood, obviously. And I still think you know when that came out, I went, oh, this is this is moved thrash onto another level. Yeah, entirely. Me too. Because that yeah. sound, the sound on that album and the songs and the intensity of it. Yeah, I thought, fuck, they've gone and done Metallica and gone one step further with it. Well, bear, bearing in mind, there's another thing as well, and I think that I think people don't realise it unless they were around at the time. None of us saw Rain in Blood coming. Mm. <laughs> None of us. It's weird because I, I didn't really, really like, like, really like Hell Awaits. I like Haunting the Chapel. Do you, do you, remember, do you know <coughs> Dave Constable who used to work in Shades? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, like, legendary. Legendary. Oh, yeah. Tap, death. It won't delete. And I remember we going in that funny little shop when he had, before they went down to the basement in St. Anne's School. And I remember it was, it was barely held together, that yeah. shop. It was shaking in its foundations. And Haunting the Chapel was on. He said, Russell, delete Metallica, total death. <laughs> and it was it Horton Chapel was so fucking fast yeah but it was good at the same time and that's when I began to think maybe there's something different about Slayer now because you know Rain you know the earlier one Hell Awaits I thought they sounded like good but just crashed but when Rain in Blood came out the songs were good the production was good yeah. and the playing was brilliant and yeah. the lyrics were fantastic. I mean, the thing is, as well, the meaning of hate. <laughs> no, it's just slow death immense Don K. <laughs> the thing is, it was all. It just, it just came out, and it was the production as much as anything. Because, it's, because let's face it, you know, Shona Mercy was cobbled together, priest and bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was all right. And I still, you know, I still, I still have a a, um, a sort of naive. It has a naive charm about it. And then Hell Awaits, you thought, well, live up the game. But again, it was still that sort of dodgy, weakish production. Yeah. And, and the drums sounded like fucking hit someone in a tin, yeah. tin biscuit tin. Which, which Metallic would go on to copy in Sananga. Yeah. Um, but then, <laughs> Maybe they thought it was catching. <laughs> but then, then Rain and Blood comes out, and, and it's just like, Christ, what's happened here? Yeah, yeah. And again, I think, I think that was... That was Ruben as well, putting a marker down for, uh, you know, I'll Good do production. what I like. I can spot anything in any genre. Yeah, yeah, well, it's like when you, you know, run, run DMC with Aerosmith. Yeah. Wasn't that Ruben? I think it yeah, was. That yeah, was. yeah, yeah, yeah. Blood Sugar Sex Magic, the yeah. Chili Peppers, which is uh, one of their finest moments. That was him. Johnny Cash, that was him. Oh, the Black Album. Neil Diamond, nine songs, that was brought in. Black Album? Johnny, they call it the black because he was the man in black. Yes, that's right. That's why yeah. I get confused that he's in Metallica. But he updated him and he made him interested in music again. You know, he was doing covers of doing covers of um, Soundgarden, doing covers of Nine Inch Nails, and, um, and and like I said, then he you know convinced Neil Diamond back into the studio, relaunched his career. Um, but then Slayer did follow it up with South of Heaven or South of Watford or something. <laughs> but let's. I, I'm going to put you on the spot now. Yeah, go on. Um, your record is is phenomenal and, it, and and one you should be proud of. But you don't always get it right first time. No, maybe here's, not. Here's, here's, yeah, a few, yeah. here's, here's just a couple of quotes. That, that, seriously, I don't do my research. These have just been in my head forever. Oh, fair enough. And I love because I, 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 I loved them at the time. They made me laugh. Oh yeah. But Warren Payne, Voivod. Do you remember reviewing that? Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> for, for listeners, uh, that's, uh, was it, was it that's Xavier looking down at his drink going, uh, yeah, all right. Is it Avoid Vod or something? Avoid Vod. Avoid Vod and created a new genre, alarm yeah. clock rock. As soon as you hear it, you want to switch it off. Yeah. 
sorry. No, no. <laughs> brilliant writing. Yeah, brilliant yeah. writing. But but, um, but of course, again, who who saw them coming? Yeah, I know. You know. Raw was again for me. It was a, a bit raw. I still can't get into that. Yeah, yeah. Then Killing Technology happened, and you, you thought, hang on, there, there's actual sort of song structures I recognise yeah, yeah. here. I think they're a band that I sort of warmed to a bit later on. <laughs> Well, I think that the, if, if anyone's going to claim that the Pink Floyd of Thrash... It'd be it, them. Yeah, it, it's yeah, got yeah. to be Voivod. Or the, the Punk Floyd, if the you will. Punk Floyd. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dear me. If only Kerrang was still around, yeah. I, could, I could get a job. But then, um, you know, I, after all the, the American Thrash started ticking, I started getting into the German stuff. Yes. Yeah. The Teutonic form. Yeah. And... I got to know the noise records more, and they phoned me up. So we got this band called Celtic Frost, or Celtic Frost, whichever pronunciation. The debate rages on. Yeah, um, I think it's Celtic. Or that, no, I'm not sure. I asked Tom once, and he said, it "Depends where you're from." That's a stupid answer. Isn't it? Yeah, well, it's uh, like Celtic football club. Nobody ever calls them Celtic, do they? Yeah, well, that's the one I always go with. <laughs> but that's unlike. That's unlike. But that's unlike heard, Tom Warrior to give a misleading heard, answer. I heard, no, but I heard Tom actually say. I heard him say, oh yeah, I love Celtic Frost. So he actually comes, that's how he says it. Right, okay. Well, that's good enough for me. But a lot of people say Celtic Frost, because I suppose you think Celtic. Anyway. I, no, but I, I always go with the football club, so. <laughs> yeah. So I got this call from this guy, a guy at Noise who was, knew that I was at the front. First of all, he, put, he turned me on the creator. Right, yeah. I just fucking. When I heard um, uh, Endless Pain. It was raw and it was, you know, it's very Germanic. Yes. And I thought, fuck, this is good. But when I heard Pleasure to Kill, that was just something else again. It was just like, oh yeah, angry. It's like Wagner would not turn in his grave if he heard. <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you know what I, 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 the thing that hit me about that album, it still does, is the drumming. Yeah. It's just enough. phenomenal. Yeah. Not to be confused the either way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, well, it was. It was just. It was another layer of intent. Yeah. And I love the stupid lyrics. They're like, bloody wounds at his body. Why should we care about him? He just wants to die. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's just the aggression of him. And yet, when he, it's another one of these people, when you see him on stage, he looks like a fucking maniac. When you meet him, most calm, mild-mannered person you ever... It shows how they can just switch characters. Well, I, well, funnily enough, I think it's also... It's, it's, um, it's something about... If you like, it's, there's almost a there's almost a, um, a comparison between footballers, like for instance, someone like Mark Hughes, who was an animal on the pitch, but yeah. very quiet. But I think it's something about a certain type of person. It's that personality type whereby yeah. they 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 unleash on stage, yeah, yeah. and and but the, but that's that's it. You know, it's on stage or on the pitch or whatever, and that's that's where it's for but then getting back to Celtic Frost they were something different again because everybody hated his former band Hellhammer I remember Bernard Doe of Metal Farces <laughs> absolutely tearing their demos apart they really hated them but, you know weren't they, of course it sounded like they were recording a toilet they, they probably, probably were, were. Yeah. yeah and they didn't have the money anyway but there was something about them and there's something about Tom and he, and he had that slightly Sabbathy doom in his guitar play Anyway, I, I heard them, and I didn't think too much of those demos. But then I heard that the first Celtic Cross EP, and it was just Emperor's it was just brilliant. Yeah. And then Mega Theorem came out, and that was something else again. Yes, that was something else. That was a yeah. masterpiece, and it was just like very intense. Um, and it's the use of strings and orchestra. He was trying to do something different. Yeah. And I remember I went out with Ray Palmer, sadly great photographer, he used to work with Crane, work with Crane, and he's sadly no longer with us. And we, we actually flew out for a day to 
Fury to lean at my back again. That noise worked on a budget. <laughs> but anyway, hey, I didn't care. I was going, it's, and it was Zurich. You couldn't, it's weird. That's another weird thing. You wouldn't think a band like Celtic Frost would reside in Zurich. Um, yeah, or, or, or maybe, you know, anyway, it's the, well, it's the perfect place for That is yeah, where they yeah. came from. But anyway, I think it was Nussendorf or something is where they originally came from. Anyway, so we got to this house, and it was the bass player's house, Martin Eric Hank. And he said, shall we do the interview in the dark room? And they all... Oh, the dark room? Yeah. And Not the darts room? No, the dark, the dark. The dark room. Right. So I said, well, what, what is this dark room? He said, you'll see it in a minute. Um, and he slid this panel in the wall, slid back. And we had to crawl in. So it's me, Ray. Um, I don't think the drum read wasn't there. He came by later. It's me, Ray, Tom, and Martin. We sat in this room and he suddenly... He got this lighter out and he lit four black candles. Right. There was a human skull on the table and four original Giga paintings around the room. And then he slid the door things, this panel shut. And it felt like you were inside a TARDIS or something. Suddenly it felt a bit bigger. But he lost all sense of time. Lost all sense of time. And when I finally did that, I went, fuck, bro, we got an hour to get the plane. So they drove us back. But the interview was in there, and it was one of the weirdest interviews and experiences they've ever had in my life. Because there was this human skull with a fucking candle on top of it. These amazing Giga paintings. I mean, I loved it, you know, using Jesus Christ as a cross Yeah, you know, which they a, would go on later to use. And then... But he's about to bring it. You know, they've done these reissues of Noise Records and um, Sanctuary. I, I know that, yeah, I know. I've done the sleeve notes for the Tanker ones, which you should buy, by the way, <laughs> in the yeah. shops. Anyway, so apparently, Noise were told, Giga said, you can have these, you can use this on the cover, but you mustn't deface it. You mustn't put logos on it or anything. What do Noise do? They want to put the Celtic Cross logo right above Jesus' head. Yeah. He went ballistic, but. Tom had to apologise, and Tom now runs his museum. Well, museum. yeah, because he, he passed away, didn't he? Which yeah, is which is sad. And, so and he's tragic. And here's to Sandy Bullman, the PSC yes. manager who just died. Yeah, of course. Of also did fans like Pavlov's dog, Shaking Street, and the, um, the Dictators. That's a little bit tight before. Oh, the Dictators. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. And he produced The Clash's London's Calling. London's Burning. Oh, London's yeah. Calling. Yeah. But no, and then so. The Celtic Cross came along, then there's all these other German bands like, like Destruction. Yes. I loved it. My eternal hatred is Destruction. So, so, so it's like they hate themselves. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing I like people's old crashes all doom and gloom, but a lot of it's not. A lot of it's got a lot of comic dark. You know, you get these mad butchery peacups, there's some guy chopping up a German sausage, but under it is a lot of humour. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> and creates the same and tanker who I love with all their songs are about alcohol. Yeah. There's another band, it's, it's all about getting pissed, fuck Germany, and let's drink about the German purity laws. And they write songs about it, but actually musically they're quite good. And their last yeah. album, Tanker, is the most one of the most technical crash albums I think I've heard. Really? But nobody ever really heard it because it had such a shit cover. And even they said it's the worst cover they had because they used to have that you know, the guy did the destruction of covers and they're yeah. Remember their album Two Face with the guy with like yeah. a mad comic book with yeah. a guy holding a baby and his one half of his face is normal and the other half's like an insane lunatic. Yeah. But they, they were great albums, but you know, noise just I said, how long do they used to give you? And noise gave them about five or six days to make these records. Yeah. Because Carl Waterback worked on a very tight budget. Well I, well I got um, I got a call from I got a call from Carl. Because after I had a call from Jem to say like, you know, we'd like to sign the band. Um, and so we, we 
we've been down, met them, met everyone at MFN, Martin, Mimi, all the, the whole crew and all that. I mean, we were Martin and, and Jim, heavy metal men. And we were, we were, we were kind of like, well, our solicitor had a copy of the contract and it was just bouncing backwards and forwards. And, and I got a phone call at home one day from Carl. And he heard about you. I just, I just picked up the phone, you know, living with my parents. Hello, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I said, hi, could I speak to Howard, please? I was like, yeah, hi, this is me. Hi, this is Carl from Noise. It's like, right, okay. That's just my generic my g- generic German is um, like yeah it's, uh, uh, it's like oh hello he goes yeah I just got to take I was like I sent it fucking months ago yeah, it's like good. he's just got to it you know um, and, and basically he said look we'd re- really like to, really like your stuff really like to do something with you um, but luckily <laughs> luckily MFN had already picked up so I said look you know we're going to go we're, we're about so many nations with quite a way down and he was like okay never mind and um, yeah Andy Sneak to this day hates me for that <laughs> well they ended up on noise didn't they oh yes yeah yes yeah yeah um, well, noise wasn't a bad label they just stitched people up I mean um, Tom's got lots of stories about noise it, you know take if that doesn't, take make, doesn't, doesn't that make them a bad label I know, I know. <laughs> but you know they did start off a lot of bands it's like you know Halloween started there you know the first that's another band I, left, I went to Halloween when I heard Walter Jericho oh it's just yes. like made. no it's not it's got it's own thing yes yeah. there, was, there were maiden influences in it um, but then it's got it's own identity well, well, well it was Walter Jericho and then they up the game Keeper yeah. of the Seven Yeah, they get up the game, let's get a proper singer in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and the other one admitted, um, Kai Hansen admitted he didn't really like singing anyway. He was yeah. more happy playing guitar, which but is the, why he left the full camera. But the, but the weird thing about that is that then the career stores, when Ron Smallwood suddenly decides he's going to fuck over noise oh, and yeah. just sign him to another label whether they've got a new contract or not, or they've got yeah, a contract yeah. with him or not. And, um, you know, look, bless his heart, I'm a Yorkshireman, I know how they think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, fuck that, let's just sign anyway. It's fucking EMI, get them signed. And, um, and, then, and then their career was on hold, wasn't it? Effectively, know, they got for really years. And it was like, it's, like, it's always sometimes I wonder if Rod Simon just, just I don't want another maiden band, so I'll just. Well, <laughs> I've, got, it, I've got one. Yes, because it, 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 it was, it just, it just yeah, put you know, the, the brakes on. Was, it, you know, maiden had Eddie. And they had the Fang Pumpkin Man, so they were, yeah. you know, the mascots were slightly different. <laughs> Ever so slightly, yeah. Um, and then, well, things. Obviously, you were, you were, you know, famous for your reviews. Um, uh, famous for your writing. You had a very distinct writing style. I mean, a lot of caps, a lot of thrash. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know how that came about. It's when I started writing for Kerrang. Um, I just started thinking. Well, Kerrang spelled with a K. So how many k's can I get in the word cacophony? <laughs> Quite a few. Oh yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. I've just remembered. Yes, you. And, yes, you and your manipulation of um, of the English language. And k's yeah, everywhere. It annoyed a lot of people, but I know I still do a lot of it to this day. A lot of people think thought it was funny and it was different. Absolutely. And then suddenly I just bang a word in block capitals. Yeah, but the thing is, do you know what? I think I think a lot of people. You know what it's like. People are very precious about that. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not just a music; it's a subculture, yeah. and people get and, and you can be. And at the time, I think it pissed a lot of people off. I also think 
people look back on it now very fondly and yes. realise that they were a bit humorless and up themselves at the time yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and weren't getting the joke. No. Um, because you know, at the time it's like, oh, it's, you know, it's disrespectful almost. You know, it's making a joke out of the genre. But, but the but, thing about Kerrang back then, all the writers that wrote for it loved the music. Yeah. Whereas to look at Kerrang now, it's like a corporate. I'd rather not look at Kerrang now if yeah. that's all right. No, yeah, yeah. I'm saying it. Same, same with Wooden Mallet. I mean, no, no. <laughs> Wooden Mallet. Right. Okay. <laughs> but it's you know, the people that write for Kerrang, you know, there's talk of another magazine coming back. I can't say where it's going to go yet, but. It's in development stages, and it's mostly original brain rights. That'd be awesome. Yeah. That'd be and awesome. it might, and it, 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 if it happens, it's going to happen within a couple of months. So keep an eye out for it. Uh, I, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be picking the brains about it as soon as I switch this up. <laughs> yeah. um, would you be involved with that at all? Yeah, I've already been involved. Oh, brilliant. As has, you know... The likes of Malcolm you know, a yeah. lot of the original Kerrang! people. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so if it happens... It well, you know, if yeah. you need any new blood, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah get I'll, I'll get my dictionary along. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, getting back to that, you know, because I thought, yeah. if Jeff, did, you know, if they didn't like what I was doing, they'd tell me to stop. Yes. But it's almost like Jeff Bottom was encouraging it more. Yeah. So I just kept, I just kept doing it. And then towards the end, I started easing off on it a bit. I thought maybe that even I thought the joke was wearing a bit thin. But it, I enjoyed it all the time. But... The thing is, I was, I was right. I wrote about bands I mainly did like and was passionate about. But now and again, I slag something off. Like, and it was, I remember me and Paul Souter, we did a Janet and John guide to metal. And one of the extra pranks, we tore everyone apart. In, in all these bands that Derek and Oliver and all these other people like, we even had a pop at Slayer in that one. Right, <laughs> but, okay. but early Slayer, I'm talking about. Yeah, and Sirius Underwood. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. And that's one of Jeff Barton's favourite bands. That's got to be one of the worst produced albums of all time. Well, they, uh, yeah, but they, they became cold. They did, and and uh, you know, they're, 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 it's it's amazing the kind the bands that now that, that people look back on it. Hey, believe it or not, I mean, I'm not trying to steer the conversation towards towards my band, but no, no. even now, having come back, you get you get people from other countries who are Brazil and stuff. Uh, no, unfortunately. I thought you were. No, no. Bloodstock mainly. But, um, but, but the thing is, you get people from other countries actually actually seeking out UK thrash bands and UK thrash. And, and I mean, I always thought at the time, and I still do, you know, that, that out of all of the sort of scenes that we knew of, ours was the weakest, you know. It was, you know, our big four didn't come anywhere close to Germany's big four, or certainly not. You know, the big four in states, um, and and I think during their onslaught. I do. I I, I I I am very familiar with onslaught. They, they actually did a but song called Metal Forces. Really? Yeah, Metal Forces. Oh God, yeah. Oh, that's going back. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had because um, I've had Nigel on the podcast, and because um, they're touring, they're doing um, end of this year. They're touring. Um, I think it is the thirtieth anniversary of the, the Force. All right. So, um, is that the 25th? Thrash is still very popular in Brazil and all the South American countries. Well, we've had offers to play South America, Creator, but it's very dodgy. we just done an 18 country tour, or 18 dates, 18 countries. They said they they're still massively popular out there. Yeah. And they just, you know, they just go to that part of the world. It doesn't matter how long, it doesn't matter if you haven't got a record out. Yeah. People want to go and see it. Well, we, even we were approached um, for, a, for some dates in South America, and it was, it was, it was, um, it was like eight, eight cities in nine days. Mm. 
um, they did. And they said it's an accurate, and it was great. Well, it, 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 and, it, and it was it was great. But the only problem is that um, it's it's a dodgy, dodgy country, right? yeah, country, yeah. part of the world. Yes. Right? Because far too many times people are turning up turning up to venues and finding that. The promoters legged it with all the ticket money, and there's, yeah. you know, it's just all your gears gone missing. Yeah, t-shirts didn't turn up. <laughs> yeah, all your t-shirts did turn up. Yeah, the yeah. money's gone, and so have the t-shirts. Yeah, yeah. So it, it is a very, very dodgy part of the world to be playing in. But that, it's kind of thrash took a dive for a long time now. And, um, it, it, it was just ticking well, over. It's funny you don't mention that because when I was doing these tankery issues, because I did the sleep notes for them. Um, Jay, the singer, talks about this period in the mid-90s where Thrash just went right down the toilet. Nobody yeah. wanted to know it. And I said, why do you think that happened? He said, because there was no new good bands coming out. All well, the he's, good bands have peaked. Well, he's, he's absolutely right, and I think... I think and this thing called new metal turned up, which I think is fucking rubbish. Well, when you had... Um, I think what happened as well is Thrash stagnated. Like you said, no new bands were coming up. Yeah. But, it, but it stagnated. And you had, like... It was almost like identical Thrash albums. There was going to be... There'd be a song on there about global warning, you know, or Mother Earth, you know, or something <laughs> like that. Um, there'd be the song about the pits. There'd yeah. be a ballad... And I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm looking at you, Testament, practice what you preach, you know, that album's horrendous production, and, yeah. you know, a lead single of it was a, was a ballad, and, and, it, and it, was, it was, it was a time where, because I'm always arguing with people, they're saying, oh, you know, then death metal came up and killed thrash metal. No, it didn't. Still thrash was metal a, was died all on its own. It committed yeah, yeah, yeah. suicide through lack of creativity and lack of dinner. development. Yeah, yeah. And then there was, yes... Uh, infamously uh, n- n- named by uh, named by Music for Nation staff Chuck School Dinner um, well yeah, I think that was Andy Black who came up with that I'm sure oh, right. it was. it's the kind of thing Andy Black would have come up with yeah uh but well, um, what did you think of all this like new metal like slip bands like well that slip nominal well are they I, a gimmick or well, do you think they're good I've got to be honest I love Slipknot right right I love Slipknot I think it's um it, it's 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 just another layer of intensity, um, and and even Kerry King said, he said there's nothing out there that has made me think I need to up my game until I heard the first Slipknot album, and then I thought, okay, right, Young Guns are coming through, we need to up our game. What do you think of uh, I love Rammstein, yeah, big fan. One of the one one of without doubt the top five best yeah, live bands I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. And not only that, but consistently. I mean, I've seen them in Belgium, I've seen them in Germany, I've seen them in the UK. There's something slightly sinister and almost frightening about. Do you know? No, no, no. You're absolutely right. Do you know what they remind me of? They remind me of. It's almost like mainstream Celtic Frost. Yes. As in, they're they're all about the art. Not avant-garde. No. No. Yeah, but it's it. But it's very. It's very, um, it's very arty, and I mean, and some of their videos are just, just thoroughly bonkers and offensive. In and out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're all done by Jonas Ackerman, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they, they, it's not like, it's not like they don't. And also, there's a factory in um, in Berlin where they're from. They have the Rammstein. I can't remember what it's called, but they have the, they have this basically this factory where all year long people are working on designing Rammstein sets designing stuff that can be yeah, used yeah. but also um, schools can take can do school trips there 
right. and, can, and and basically get shown around the factory and shown how everything works. They, I mean, it's they really are. Uh, they're a phenomenon. They're a phenomenon. I mean, we're talking about a band that hadn't played the states for ten years and sold out and, and sold out Madison Square Gardens in fifteen minutes. And and this is on the back of who promoted it. Ramstein, because no promoter in the States would touch it, because they all thought it was nuts, and they sold it out in 15 minutes. You know, I mean, it, they, they are a, I mean, they are a phenomenon, but I, but I certainly wouldn't lump them in with new metal. No, but no. then, but you know, for every for every Slipknot, there's a Papa Roach, of course. Yeah. You know. Because I've always liked not just fresh though. You know, I, love, I still love stuff as well. Yeah, I've always loved Southern Rock, like Molly Hatcher, Leonard Skinner, Blackfoot. I just love it. Fucking good, good guitar. So how did Chicken Scratch? What, what about what about grunge bands like Soundgarden and I, stuff like I that? I like Soundgarden. I never really. Do you know what? I never liked Burton. I've heard some girl jams, but I hated Nirvana. Fucking do you know what? It's, it's weird. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm in total agreement. used to bang on about how fucking brilliant they were. And I was like, oh my god. And I said, no, I'd rather take the pills. But I, can, I know they're popular, and it's just like, just never did it for me. Yeah. They, did did just, no. they didn't really do it for me, and I like a bit of, like, a, a few songs of Pearl Jam, but yeah. Soundgarden is, is just a bit more metal. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's two, it's two guitars. It's two guitars. Yeah. But you know, I, just, I could never get it with the father. What was that sweet teen spirit? Smells like teen spirit. Oh, right. Smells like shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but then people, some people I know would like legs diamonds. Yeah. Which is a classic. Well, on legs diamond, eh? I can see the album covers now, the spandex legs. Yeah, yeah. Diamond yeah. is a shot home. through. Out shot. on bail. He had a fucking great voice, you know. And I loved a lot of those bands out you know, when I heard the first Boston. That fucking riff was just brilliant. I know it's AOL and the same with Journey's Escape album. A lot of heavy songs on it. The actual song Escapes was a great guitar player from Neil Sean. So it's nice to know, it's nice to know, like, you can like all sorts of music. I think yeah. all of all like the same Yeah, oh no, absolutely. Yeah. And, and also, our, our, you know, our tastes mature and they progress. And, I mean, I love Thrash as much now as I did back in the day, but, you, you know, you, it, it's, it's coloured with all sorts of different things. You know, um, and I think that's, um, we've got, you've, you've got to keep progressing, of course. You know. I love Chas and Bay, I'm not Seriously? Seriously, yeah. They're brilliant live, and they're very funny. <laughs> and they're very, and they're actually good musicians. You know, they used to play with Matt years ago. So. Right. Okay. So right, yeah. I, heard, I heard the new uh, Rainbow tour wasn't that brilliant. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about that. Yeah, no, I just heard he wasn't so good. I never went, so I think he played Birmingham. Yeah, I mean, I. They're really interesting me, really. I mean, it's like basically he could have done it on his own, yeah. as opposed to he did it for a check. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, it's about time. I mean, he has been, you know, yeah, off yeah. doing his folk rock thing for how many years? It still does it. Well, yeah, but it's funny. You know, where's his funny hat? <laughs> yeah, makes music for the elves at the bottom of the garden. Well, I still don't know what the greatest thrash album is. Oh, Rigan probably is Rain. Do you think so? Yeah. I mean, or I, the first Metallic. It's, 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 you know, I love the first Metallic. I, I mean, I personally, I think it is pro- for me. I think it is probably 
I think it's probably Rain and Blood. Yeah. And a very close second for me is Master of Puppets. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, do you know what? Going back... I'm, I'm just... I'm remembering your review of Ride the Lightning, actually, as well. Like, it started with, very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fight fire with fire. That's yeah. very good. And then it's into Ride the Lightning. Uh, mid-paced. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's okay. Yeah. Food the Bell Tolls. It's a little bit slow, a bit meandering. Back yeah. on there. Fade to black. Yeah, no. Fuck off. Yeah, no, Metallica should stay away with stuff like this. And you, which, you know, yeah, so you hammered Fade to Black. Yeah, yeah, um, I know it's a exactly, which is it. But no, I'm not, I'm, I'm not. We, we, all, we all have our opinions at the time, and, you know, hindsight's 2020 and all the rest of it. Um, Did you see the Metallica movie? Well, I've seen two Metallica movies. I've seen, obviously, the, um, there's some kind of monster. Yeah, no. And, uh, and then, yeah. Um, I'm one of the few people that likes it. Yeah, well, I hear there's different edits of it because I know people who worked on it and they said originally it was they had more of a true story. But you know the guy on the skate. Yeah, yeah. And I think Lars wanted more footage back in. So I I'm not quite sure exactly how it ended up. But I heard it did sort of change quite a bit in the end. Right, okay. But, uh, but you know, the thing is that I don't think it did very well. They sunk their own money into it. Oh, they've... I mean, that has... wasn't made by... They should have... Studio should have picked it up, and it didn't. Yeah. And then it was like... I think 3D had its day. Yes. And I don't think, you know... You don't really need a metal thing in 3D. Well, the thing is, I think... Um, I think for the first time in their career, Metallica told everybody to go fuck themselves, we'll do it ourselves, and it didn't work. And unfortunately, the time it didn't work the biggest fucking project they'd undertake today because yeah. there's making an album there's a tour also when it comes to making movies you're just talking about a bonfire of money aren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. You, you can just burn burn money like that yeah. and yeah it was yeah because I hadn't seen it since about 2009 and I remember they, you know, when they got inducted to the Music Hall of Fame yes I was going to ask you about that um they, I just got they couldn't get hold of me and then I got through my agent because I do film work as well that's my I normal know, yes. job and my agent said see me I was a band called Metallica trying to get in touch with them they want to fly out to this thing in Cleveland they're being inducted to the Music Hall of Fame anyway about a day later I get a phone call from Jem Howard music. they said you going out to this jolly I said well no I've only somebody just found out about it so I replied to yeah I'll come along and it was good it was really nice anyone that had helped their early helped them over the years in their career they, put, they, they were having a big party of their own, and um, then they got inducted to the Music Hall of Fame, and I think all the originals were there except Mustang. No, um, he was there. He was oh, no, no, he didn't turn up, did he? No, he didn't turn up. Music didn't turn up. Yeah. I think even the, even the first bassist and drummer, to, not drummer, um, bass, uh, guitarist, although they didn't play. Uh, and it was a great night. They had, they had a, their own private party. Um, how often turned up with Jimmy Page like he always does <laughs> and it was basically all in Ron Quintana all these people right back to the early days were there yeah so it's nice seeing all these faces I hadn't seen for ages and Gemma and Howard and um, and then I saw them when they they played just before then at the O2 and I hadn't seen them for a long time there it's when they were in the round thing yeah and I was surprised how good they were and they were really and they hadn't really lost it live and yeah. then then, then I went to Reading last year. I saw them again, and um, you know they just came on and 
went backstage chatting to them and they were exactly the same except they, when I didn't talk to bass players didn't know him yeah <laughs> Kurt came up started talking about comics like he always does <laughs> and Lars said hey how's it hanging and Hetfield was very funny and then went out and watched him with Stephen Girard who runs partly there oh he runs so what doesn't he yeah yeah, yeah. and we, I, he was the one who got me backstage because I had a crap pass that got me nowhere and <laughs> Stefan said, come back with me. So I, I just went back with him and chatted to him. When we went out, and, and then Hetfield comes up, hi, we're Metallica, this is what we do. And they just went straight into Fight Fire with Fire or something. And they were, they were still good again. It was, just like, yeah. it was nice to see that, you know, they still play. But, you know, you think, they just still play with the old stuff. Because that's what people want to hear. Well, yeah, but the, the funny thing is, there was, you know, certainly around the load, reload times around then, um, I mean, I've been seeing Metallica a lot live over the years, and there was a there was a good there was a good decade where they didn't play any of that old stuff. They didn't play Master Puppets. They didn't no. play they didn't play any of that. They turned their backs on it. Yeah, you know, and it it wasn't until they started playing fast again with Saint Anger yes. that they started playing they the started old, playing the old stuff again. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's funny like you albums. get these bands like like Glorious to Carl Wilson last night. They're doing a 40th anniversary Agents of Fortune, so they played the whole of Agents of Fortune, and then they played greatest hits. And then I remember, I think it was last year, so Metallica played all of Master of Puppets or all of the Black yeah, Album. There was all so, of Master of Puppets. All yeah. of Master. So you know, bands are going back revisit and playing whole albums now, which I think is quite interesting. Because yeah. quite often you think, oh, they, they never played that song. Like there's three BOC songs that we played last night. They never normally play live at all. Yeah. And there they were, just sitting in there. And they actually got the original drummer Albert back because he wrote a lot of the album material on that. Right. So it's nice seeing him. So there's a couple of times we had two drummers. He was doing cities and playing with rock and roll on his drums. We had the other drummer behind him. It was oh, so, and where, where was it? Kentish Town Forums. Totally sold out. It was brilliant. And everywhere I went, like Mountain Dome and all this, I said, fuck this band can still deliver. And they're all in their 60s now. But the thing is, like a lot of bands, they just love to play Yes. Yeah. And they're good at it. Uh, that's where it's at for me, it's playing like, you can't, you can't knock it. And it's like, you know, why do they need to write new material? They've got such a wealth of material to pull from. Yeah. That, you know, they've written about 20 classics, and they still got well, funnily enough, talking of new material, Oh, you got I have here. Oh, have you got? There you go. That oh, is really. That was released. Uh, it's a one-sided seven-inch. By that, I don't mean the other side shit. There is nothing on it. <laughs> um, it's um, that's the new lineup, and um, it's a. Uh, are you, when are you playing? Are you playing live again? Uh, yeah. Well, we toured at we toured at the end of last year with Zentrix, believe it or not. And um, we we're headlining the Sophie stage at Bloodstock on um, Saturday the thirteenth. In fact, two weeks today. And where's Bloodstock? Forgive my um, Catton Park, Derbyshire. All right. And um, so um, so yeah, this is uh, this was released last year. Um, yeah. It's the first new song in twenty five years. Right. So um, and I also have for you. All right. Um, I thought, you'd, great, oh, great. Uh, I, good I thought you'd appreciate yeah. this. I'm not in that. It's brilliant. And that's our, our tour dates from last oh, year. Oh, brilliant. Oh, you sure got As he says, there's... Um, I was there, you were. I was there, you were. Did you play at Manchester Academy? Oh, I know that. Yeah. London, London, the scuzzy underworld. So there you go. Oh, thanks very much. Not at all. No, thanks very much for coming on. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate it. Now, what I did want to say, what I did want to ask you about was yeah. obviously... Um, you know, there was a Kerrang, Mega Metal Kerrang, and, and 
things start. You you seem to disappear off the scene altogether. Yeah. What happened was in the mid nineties. Well, no, mid to late nineties, Harang started going down the tour of the life, and I was getting less no comment. Yeah, well, it was the beginning of the end. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, to be honest, I've got a bit, I've got a bit more hacked off because there's no decent new music coming out. And I, you know, I start getting to bands like Stabbing Westman. Same here. Yeah. I like, but it was, yeah. you know, it was like different. And Frank said, oh, we don't want to write about them. They're just trying to be like X, Y, and Z. I thought, well, this Stabbing West would have got slightly something industrial about them and yeah. something angry. And I thought, no, okay. So I was getting less and less work, and, I, and, I, and then my film work started getting more and more busy. Yeah, because I'm a filmmaker. Obviously, normal, yeah. Well, not obviously, but, but yeah. anyway, that's runs in the family. Yeah. So I started doing more telly drama shows like this live. In fact, in this life, I started using um, bands like Reef and things like that, and uh, right. Monster Magnet, and all that sort. Of, yeah. Because they were the sort of bands at the time that were just right for this life. Yeah. So it was good trying to get music, and then I started doing videos. I directed the Celtic Cross video. I did the Cold Lake, which is when they went glammy. You did the Cold Lake video? Yeah. Fucking hell, well, right. Yeah. Well, it was, Shame you couldn't it, it have changed the music and put Reef on that. That was Cherry Orchard. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Cherry Orchard. Well, we, well, we, we, were supposed to, we, were supposed to, we were supposed to support them on that tour. It was, yeah. it was Celtic Frost, Celtic Frost, yeah. Destruction, Acid Rain. Yeah. But we got booted off the, um, the tour before it started. Why is that? He didn't want two thrash panels on the bill because what they were trying to do. I was going to say they're trying to make you an offer you couldn't understand. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he made an album none of us could fucking understand. <laughs> it's weird because you think, well, why did he do that? And he must have got into the Motley Cruise and stuff at the time. But you look because he went because they were fucking dress glam as well. But, but the funny thing is now you, you see him interviewed now and they say, so what was going on back then? You know, and he goes, I, I haven't got a fucking clue. Well, he's reissuing his albums, but he's taking his time over this because he's going back to the vaults and remastering it and all this sort of stuff but he won't let them put that one out I totally well I wouldn't yeah yeah no but so well, not he obviously realises it was a mistake yeah but also why would anyone put it out nobody's going to buy that fucking no I, don't I mean it's just, it, it didn't shift first time round it remains cold yeah it doesn't need remastering anyway yeah so, buried. so I, I just got out of it for a while and then about I suppose it'd be about four or five years ago now Malcolm phoned me up and said you know, we've got this classic rock on mind thing. Do you want to do a few things for that? So I started doing things. So I did a, we had this thing called Now and Then. So you compare gigs from like years ago to recent. So I did Kiss when I saw them at Odeon Hammersmith in 75 when they first came over. And when they played the LA2 in Islington a couple of years ago, I got in. So, so we were comparing the gigs. And then I did a thing on Stars. Do you remember that band Stars with a Z? Yes, um, I did some stuff on that, and then I think I did something on um, Molly Hatchet and a few things for that, and I started getting back to the writing again. And then I really got back into it again when classic rock knew that I'd been out to that metallic reduction thing, so I did something for that. Yeah. And then I had a couple of things for Jerry for Prog Rock. Right. I yeah. did uh, Jan, Jan Ackerman, you know, he used to be in focus, he did some solo gig. And then classic rock AOR started up, and Jeff said, I want you doing stuff for that. So I said, okay, so I started doing stuff for that. And in the meantime, Derek at Rock Candy Records, because you know it's a reissue label. Yes. And um, he said, oh, can you do me the Malice sleeve notes? Malice? Malice I fucking love Malice were like the American Judas Priest. Well, I the Malice is the problem with Malice is they, they missed the boat. They yes. came along and rap. The first Malice album, yeah, remember, Malice was on the same Metal Massacre album as Rats and all those bands and Metallica. Well, I've seen Malice because, of course, I went to, I watched the Slayer Rain and Blood tour. 
So, yeah, yeah. so I was one of the many people shouting obscenities at, at Malice because <laughs> <laughs> they were supporting Slayer on the Rain and Blood tour. Yeah. I mean, Christ, Rock talk about, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, talk about Poison Chalice. Do you yeah, know yeah. What I mean? Who the hell wants that supporting? The you know the heaviest fastest band on the planet, oh, the heaviest and fastest fucking album. Yeah, and I remember seeing Ray. I think it was the South of Heaven tour, and I was standing at the back of the Odeon House with with Jim Howard actually, and we just both couldn't believe how brilliant the sound was. We'd never heard the sound that get in there. This Thrash Normandy live sounds shit. Yeah. Anyway, we were both like, this sounds brilliant, and I went, I said, I'm going to go up the mixing this to see who's doing it. I went up there, and there was these five big black guys with Tina Turner jackets on. What is this? So I said to him, why is the sound so good? He said, oh, we normally do Tina, but we love Slayer. So when Tina's not touring, we do Slayer. And, and I said, but this is the best sound I've ever heard. So we fucking love, we love this band, so we make sure it sounds good. Wow. So, and it was like, and I went back and said, Jim, go and have a look, because I can't believe what I'm seeing it. So Jim went, it's fucking hell, isn't it? And he actually said to them, you guys are fucking brilliant. And they were like really pleased that someone was complimenting their sound. Yeah. Because Thrash is quite hard to get good live. Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah. that was like, it was like listening to the album again. Do you remember well, how clear it was? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the, only, the only band that could rival that, having seen Ramstein as many times again, I yeah. always forget. It's an amazing show, it's an amazing show, but I always forget how brilliant the sound is. Because yeah. it is so loud that, you know, you can see, you can see your t shirt sort of go in the bass drums, yet the following yeah, yeah, morning you wake up yeah, yeah. crystal clear. You know, it's. And it, the kind of sound where, when, when you hear a band like that, you have an experience like that, you kind of you come away and you think, well, there's there's no excuse for every band for every band not sounding that good. Yeah. I mean, I've personally, I think, I've never been a fan of Metallica's live sound. No, I, th- I think there was a period in the, I think it was like the mid to late eighties where they had this Birmingham sound. Where they had a guy called Big, Big Mick. Mick. And I, he, he managed to get a decent sound. Well, he still doesn't. I oh, does he? All he right. still doesn't. But, um, <laughs> but believe it, he did. He did. Um, he did acid rain sound. Birmingham Goldwyns because he's from Birmingham. Yeah, I know. First he's a time that, he, came, he came down because he got a test pressing of Unjustice for All, and he wanted to blast it through a PA. Yeah. To see what it's because that's the sound he was going to have to get. So the first time I heard Justice for All was being blasted through and was through the PA. Was Mick trying to turn up the bass? <laughs> he was trying to find me. <laughs> yeah. And do you know what? He did our sound that night, and um, and he and he didn't want pain. He just wanted beers. So he did our sound. Yeah, and he came in the dressing room. He came in the dressing room afterwards, and he said, uh, and he said, uh, one of the greatest compliments of our career. He comes in, he goes. All right, lads. Very good. Yeah. You play with Flash better than Metallica. I'll give you that. But I'll tell you what I told them. Slow down. <laughs> yeah, it was just like you're playing too fast. You're playing too fast. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was a great guy. Yeah, great yeah. guy. Um, so, so you. So then I got back yeah. into just writing for. Um, so come full AOL. circle. So I've come full circle again, and then this new magazine, if it goes, I'll be doing stuff for that as well. Because AOR seems to have gone. I think you know, I don't know if you've been here in the classic. But certain people have been leaving. And yeah. Jeff Barton's now gone. So you know, all the group. I never really did much for classic rock. Sometimes you don't think it's that that brilliant a man. Yeah. I don't think the, I don't think the writers are serious enough about the music they write about, and it's and it's too. You know, as a brand, you knew what you were getting when you saw the cover. You knew, yeah. Whereas that's what could be anything, couldn't it? It could be Fairport Convention one week. Or, uh, yeah. You, you know, another Eric Clapton album the next. You know, something like that. But 
really, there isn't a decent rock market, plus the fact the whole market seems to have gone down the planet. Yeah, rock I mean, magazines. Well, the thing is that, I mean, people will still, I mean, I, I talked about this with Malcolm actually, he was saying people will still buy magazines. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it's, it's like everything, trying to, making money out of anything in any part of the entertainment industry is just getting harder and harder. Yeah, yeah. Because we, we're up against a culture of people expecting pretty much everything for nothing. Yeah. You know, yeah, right. people consume their music, their video, their news, everything is free. Yeah, online. You know, and, and there's just, you know, how, how, do you make, how do you make money? I mean, I, I, I do a podcast, obviously. Can I, can I monetize it in any way? Can I say how, how do you get your promotion then? It's just all, all organic. It's just, you know, right. tweeting so out, so sharing it on Facebook. Um, get them out once a month. Oh, right. So get them out once a month. Been doing it since uh, January What's 2014. It What's it called? It's called Talking Bollocks. Talking Bollocks. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Well, funnily enough, that was a working title. And then after the first episode, I listened back to it and I thought... No, that, no that, that's, that's bollocks. <laughs> that is we, could, we could go to Paul Carr for a bag of shine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, well it, it's funny you say that, because, of course, you left writing, I left, I left music, and, then, and I spent, you know, 15 you years... Get, how did you get back into it? Well, I, well I've spent 15 years doing stand-up, so I'm, and I still that's do. Tell them. Yeah, absolutely. Check's twice, I heard you Very the first well. time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I was... I was Play, I played Cambridge last night. I was in Islington the night before. Have you seen Jerry Sandovitz? Yes. I love him. I, yeah, know, yeah. I know it's all wrong. No, I, no, I, think, I, think, no, he's I think he's brilliant. Funny. I think he's brilliant. And he's he, an incredible he, he magician. Banging, he was banging about all that Savile stuff. Like, years ago. Yeah. Well, there's that clip on YouTube, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But he's a... He's amazing. He's an amazing magician. Yeah, and he works in a magic shop normally. But his, his sleight of hand is absolutely superb. Brilliant. brilliant. So I did, I did uh, stand up. So you still years. do still do still do stand up. Was doing it last where'd night. You, where'd you do it? Before. Everywhere. Or well, Thursday night I was in um, Islington. Um, last night I was in Cambridge. Um, you know, now, in your stand up routine, do you mention the fact you're a musician? Do you treat them as two separate things? Well, I, I, I do a character. So I do Keith Platt, professional Yorkshireman. I'll show you the pictures afterwards. Okay. And um, yeah, it's a bit. So um, and I got, I got back into it because the rest of the band. I met Ke- I bumped into Kevin. Kevin always said not interested in reforming. And he was at a lawnmower death Christmas show because he was playing with them. Yeah. And he goes, um, in 2015, how old will Obnoxious be? And I was like, 25. And he goes, should we do some gigs? Just like, what the Just fuck like that. that? <laughs> yeah. So what eventually He'd obviously been thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And what happened was, the old lineup got together, convinced me to do it, because I was doing comedy, I wasn't that bothered, but said, come on, let's do it. And then one by one, You're they all to... fell out. They, well, not, no, I, I mean, fell by the wayside, we didn't fall out. But one by one, they all realised they had lives that they couldn't squeeze this in anymore. Oh, right. So one by one, they all left, and I was... I was now on my own, having been the least interested in reforming. Oh, right. um, so, so I thought, well, fuck this. Let's do it. So you four, four new guys. Oh, right. Four new guys, and called it a reboot as opposed to a did reformation. To be, did you have to get permission from the others to do well, it? Well, not at all, no, because they all had the chance to do it. Oh, I see. So it wasn't like you had to pay them off. No, the God. Not with what? <laughs> yeah, with what? Right, I tell you what, I'm going to wrap up now because okay. um, my car's running out. Oh, yeah, that's all right. That's <laughs> but also, there's a few things I want to ask you off the record. Oh, right. But okay. can I just thank you from Being the bottom of my heart? I think there's a lot of people out there that 
got into Thrash because and, and read your reviews. You've got no idea the amount of lives that you influence through your writing. Yeah. It's it's in the millions. It's weird because it's funny you say it because I've just been working up in Manchester uh, doing this new thing. It's a conspiracy thriller for ITV called Paranoid. No, it's not about Black Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> it's an it's an eight parter, and like they put your name on a door, and then. Within, I suppose, within a day, it got, it got around the I started getting locks on the door. There's all these guys along here, heavy metal fans. Oh, I'm working, oh, you, I used to read you incorrect. And yeah. he's got this, and he gives me his demo tape, and, it's, and, it, and I've had about 20 visits to this cutting room from different people in the building oh, that's who, who love rock. And I yeah. said, oh, do you mind us coming in and have a chat? I said, no, no, I'll come in and I'll chat to them for about an hour or then. I said, tell us about Metallica, that's the first thing they say. <laughs> but it's nice, you know, it's nice that people come up and talk. They said, oh, I hope you don't mind us coming in. And then this other guy keeps knocking on the door. He said, oh, I found out you're in the building. Can you sign this old Kerrang? Oh, sounds brilliant. But it's well, not, you know. Well, people, that, I know. So, I know. Just, so that's what you, when you say that, it is true. Well, what, look, when, 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 people, when people hear that, because this is, is going to be a writer's special, because I do writer's special every now and again. All right. I've done it with, with various writers from around the world, including Malcolm. And um, and uh, this one's going to be back to back. It's you and Mike Exley. Oh, oh, I know it. So, um, so it'll be interesting. Anyway, look, I've really got a scoop. Yep. Xavier, um, thank you so much. It's been good. Been a awesome. pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks, mate. Thanks for, thanks for the t-shirt. Pleasure. Cheers. <laughs> now that is how to spend a spare hour and a half on a Saturday afternoon. Um, uh, it was lovely to see him um, when we saw each other I was like yeah well you have met before because um, I didn't think we had but um, uh, yeah um, Xavier Xavier I, 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 I move around with the pronunciations I'm sorry um, but what a lovely guy um, you know he's and what stories but what a, what a great way to spend some time on a Saturday afternoon Drove over to, um, and it would have gone on longer, but I had to get my car because the parking was running out. Um, but yeah, drove over to Camberwell, um, met up with him in this bizarre pub. And um, and yeah, it, it was just a really, really cool way to spend some time. Amazing Metallica stories there. And I, 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 it kind of struck me the, um, the kind of symmetry, you know, how I love a bit of symmetry, folks. Um, that the fact that we're talking about like their very early days there and even talking about what they might release, what new stuff they might release. Um, and that actually, you know, that interview ends up coming out the day after, well, not the day after, but the, the episode after um, that Metallica released their new song. So, you know, anyway, um, yeah, you already knew that, didn't you? I've just fucking really pointed that out anyway. Um, but yes, what a, what a really, 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 really cool chat. Um, lovely guy, steeped in metal history. Um, and, and still, you know, so willing to give up his time and, uh, and, it, and, you know, it just loves metal and it, it's, it's just really nice to be in people like that's company, same as Mike, you know, um, and it, that's the thing with these writer specials is it, it's, I think it does let you into the world that, I mean, now there is so much content that is, that is, um, user slash enthusiast driven. Um, he says, harking back to Bloodstock again. I mean, looking at you know, a lot of the, a lot of the press we did and, and, you know, and, and some of the reviews, whilst they're good reviews, they, you know, they are the internet equivalent of being written in crayon. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it, it's amazing to think that these, these guys, these writers, these genuine writers, that's what they did for a living. Um, were also and are still just basically enthusiasts 
um you know um malcolm um uh mike uh xavier they all they all you know they all wrote for a living um and well malcolm's the only one who's still doing so but they, you know it but it's an it's you know a total enthusiasm as well it really just it really is just the fact that these guys are, are have kept the flames burning for so long it's just it's awesome it really is awesome um and, and i'm loving it i really am um, I'll tell you what else I'm loving at the moment, which, because I'm an old-school twat, I'm loving two albums for a tenner, two CDs for a tenner at HMV at the moment. What did I get the other... Uh, I, I'm hand up here. I don't know how. I don't know where it's gone. But for some reason, I realised I didn't have a copy of uh, Chaos AD by Sepultura. So um, um, I spotted that. I was like, ooh, we'll have that. And I got Live After Death, the double CD, the live album. So that's Live After Death, Double CD, and Chaos AD for a tenner. What is not to love about that? So I also got the new Billy Talent album, Afraid of Heights. Um, uh, got that on CD as well, because I got it on vinyl. It's just I'm fucking absolutely loving that. And still absolutely loving The Descendants. And um, and it's also worth giving, uh, giving the new Periphery album a, um, a, a shout as well. Um, you know, it's good stuff. It is all good stuff. I don't know if there's any... No, nothing's really sort of jumped out on me recently where I've gone, oh, you know, that's good. Um, but, um, yeah. And by the way, if you are um, an Acid Rain fan, just in case you are, um, new album, no sooner than late 2017, okay? Honestly, I opened up... I'm opening up the app all the time now, and I am just getting... Uh, when's the new album out all the fucking time so please spread the word anyway there is something else I wanted to speak about and that was I did mention the um, uh, I did mention the um, uh, the new Descendants album which is called um, uh, Hypercaffeinate Spazinate and it's also got an, e an EP called Spaz Hazard now um, this actually I don't know if any of you noticed on Twitter I ended up in a little bit of a uh, um, uh, heated discussion with the charity Stay Up Late, who have set up a um, uh, well, a campaign, an online campaign, a petition to try and get the word "spaz" removed, or get the descendants to remove the word "spaz" from the from uh, both those titles. Um, they are a charity to represent um, uh, disabled people, people with learning difficulties, um, and 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 their argument was that this is a is a terrible word. And that it um, it creates a lot of problems um, for people, and it's part. Of, and and whilst whilst I sympathise with that, censorship is never the answer. Yeah, I mean, and as I mean, our Twitter, our Twitter backwards and forwards actually finished that way because those you know they said, well, it's a really offensive word. To, to us and I said well there's many offensive words in the English language and censorship isn't the answer to any of them at which point I got a, a tweet saying so what's the answer then which which is a bit weird because it's like well hang on I didn't cause the problem the problem is the petition so if you want to know the answer the answer was not have the petition in the first place um, for a start spaz means something completely different over in America than it does over here um, which, which again that straight away showed a little bit of ignorance uh, as regards American culture, which I was amazed at, um, or that was already known. Uh, I mean, either way, I, I so so we we had a bit of a debate about it. I'm a I'm a big one. I'm a firm believer in you. Um, it, you 
people you can't ban words okay you you can't do it the word cunt offends people some people the word twat offends others the the uh, you know oh jesus fuck off that will have offended somebody right there although it what the fuck you're listening to this for if that's going to offend you fuck knows but you know there's all sorts of things that offend people right the idea is that we live in a society where do you know what you have the right to be offended you can go, oh, I find that offensive. It doesn't mean, right, that you therefore have the right to try and erase that from history, to erase that from the lexicon of language. No, I'm afraid, no, that's not how it works, okay? Take ownership of words. Take the word spaz back. Take it back, make it mean something positive, okay? Why not? I mean, look at... Look, the, yes, the clock is going again, but let's fucking move on, because I'm on a roll here. I mean, look at the word gay. That's been reclaimed by home, by the homosexual community. You know? Oh, you fucking gay. It's, 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 it's now... No, gay is a posi- it's positive language. Right? And, 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 and the word nigger. Yes, I have gone there. I have the N-word. Nigger, I'll say it again. There you go. Okay? N-I-G-G-A. The black community has taken that word back. They've taken that word back. And that's how you do it. You claim words. You own them. Then they can't be used against you as a weapon. Okay? Now, look, I'm not claiming to know everything. I know I sound like I come across that way. Um, But I'm I'm just, I'm passionate about that point. And I was passionate on Twitter with this guy. And anyway, look, um, he said, what's what's the answer? I said, I don't know, but come on the show and and let's try and find one. He said, well, I don't think we get fair hearing given the the, the tone of this exchange. And I was like, whoa, who's being a dick now, basically? And he was, and to be fair, he said like, oh no, I'm really sorry. It's just been a really hard couple of weeks, which I totally understand. So hopefully there may, there is going to be a special where it's going to be me and the guy from Stay Up Late basically just debo- you know, debating that exact point. Because my point was, you want to censor art, and I'm afraid that is not on. Okay, that is not on. And I, it's as simple as that. So anyway, it was, it was an interesting discussion. It really was. Um, and there may be more to come. Who knows? That's going to be an interesting special. Not mu- not music related at all. Um, but, well, it kind of is because it relates to the Descendants, but it should be interesting. Uh, if it's not, then I apologise now. Fuck you. Um, don't know why I swore at you then. Sorry about that. Sorry. I do apologise. It wasn't very nice of me. I'm sorry. There you go. You're feeling better now. Yeah? Your bruised ego all all right now. Anyway. Um, uh, what else? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well... Um, I have just got my first pair of glasses. Yes, I've hit that age. Um, I only need to wear them for uh, reading, driving, and wanking. Um, so that's a plus. So uh, one of those means they're getting worn a hell of a lot. Fucking nearly worn those glasses out. <laughs> I've been, been been looking through them so much. I've worn them out. The glasses worn away. Not really. Um, so yeah, I just thought I'd throw that in there. I don't know why, you know. I, I do I do like to do the odd medical update, you know. The uh, the um, the hernia's fine, thanks. Uh, the knee's fine, feeling fit, feeling good. Been on uh, had a couple of days break. This is my last day off. I'm um, going back to the maelstrom that is my life in London um, uh, tomorrow, which uh, basically means I'm back busy again. And um, I think in the next. And ten days, I have got one day off. Um, so yeah, I'm basically just gigging like a bastard and doing all sorts of bits and pieces. But hey, I, that's 
fucking interested in any of this, are you? You're not interested in my diary. You're not interested in any of that shit. Um, but what are you? What are you interested in? That's the question. Um, I am. I, I. I'm looking to uh, to line up a few interesting um, uh, interviews. Get them in the can, as I always like to say. Um, uh, at the moment, I have to say, I haven't got anything in the can for September. But you know how it is. I've got a whole month, and these things, these things tend to have a, a, a way of sorting themselves out. Oh, by the way, another bloodstock thing. Um, I was stood next to David Davidson from Vector. Um, quite a few times and I didn't realise it was him until I saw pictures of Bloodstock afterwards what a fucking dick um, so yeah I could have got caught up with him um, did see Scott Ian um, but didn't get to chat uh, didn't get to chat to him um, and, uh, and find out what the maiden plane was like um, which was a shame um, so yeah you know I, I, and I didn't do any interviews while I was there um, I did try and set some up but it was just fucking chaos I mean I was the following day on the Sunday I was doing shed loads of press so um, as as you'll be as you'll be hearing about um, in in the bloodstock catch up that I'm going to do I, I, I'm, I am going to do that um, purely for the acid rain fans out there who um, who, who may want to know but um uh, we haven't had any more shit offers through recently. No more cider and crisp offers. Um, have had a, a, a couple through, and um, and you will have seen we'll have, um, we've announced a few. Uh, well, we've announced a few. We've announced one date. Still um, DIYing that um, the the Christmas show at Bridge End in December. So please go to acidrain.co.uk for tickets for that. Um, so yeah, basically we're doing tickets. We're the only place you can get tickets. Fuck C tickets. Fuck T Ticketmaster. T Master. T-Master, who uh, are the only company in the country that uh, make cardboard tea, so you can and you can print out your own tea, um, and they charge you two pound fifty for printing your out your own tea, um, just like tickets, which is fucking unbelievable that that's legal. But you know, there you go. What a sack of shit. Um, so look, I'm aware I'm aware I'm rambling a bit here, but um, I just wanted to say, look, as always, thank you very much for tuning in. I've completely given up on ever trying to uh, to stop that being a thing. Um, I really do appreciate it. I hope you like the writer special. Um, if you don't, what are you going to do about it? I mean, you know, end of the podcast now. You've listened to it. And that reminds me, it's the end of the podcast as we know it. It's the end of the podcast as we know it. It's the end of the podcast as we know it. And I feel fine. I'm stalling, trying to make it a little bit longer, because that's the way I like to roll. I haven't had a song on the podcast for a while. So, um, you know, that was that, was that one. Um, but in all seriousness, it's lovely to talk to you all. Um, I hope you have a great metal month. He said, "Doing the fucking, I'm doing, I'm doing them. I'm doing the horns right now. Yeah, horns ablaze, as I believe the phrase is. Well, you know, if you're a cunt, it is. Um, oh dear me, is that the only one? Fucking hell, really? I, I am um, utterly amazed. I think that is the first cunt of the podcast. I am so glad I kept rambling at the end here. Otherwise, we would have had a cuntless podcast. Well, obviously not. I'm right here. Yeah. Beat you to that, cunto. Don't try and fucking make your own jokes. All right, yes. Cunt right here. But it would have been a cuntless podcast. I wouldn't have said cunt in the whole cunting thing. And we'd have a cuntless podcast. You can't have a cuntless podcast because you've got a cunt doing it. You've got a bunch of cunts listening. Yeah, that's you, right? It's about cunts, mainly. Egotistical cunts in bands. Yeah, I know. One right here. One and now the phone. Right, hang on a second. Let's let's, let's do let's do this live. 
Hello. Hello. It is indeed. Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't. No, um, I'm. I'm just in the middle of something at the moment, Bob. Um, um, so yes, yeah, she is around. Um, I'll just go and get her. Hang on a second. Hang on. Oh dear. Hang on a second, guys. Well, I don't think there has been a shoddier fucking ending to the podcast ever than that. Um, super slick, as always. It's a pleasure. Um, so there you go. There was a cunt on the phone. <laughs> cunt on the phone. Cunt, 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 cunt. What can I say? Um, it's always a pleasure. Thank you very much, guys. Um, have a great month. And I will speak to you next month. No song at the end here because um, I can't be fucked. Um, uh, now look I've been on holiday alright and um, uh, yeah so less organised than usual but um, I hope you've enjoyed this and uh, please do spread the word because you know ultimately how the fuck am I ever supposed to start charging advertisers for this fucking thing if you lot don't do your fucking job and spread the word okay it's almost like you don't want me, it's almost like you don't want me to be a millionaire yeah, it really is. If I was selling Jesus, I would be fucking... Not cheeses. Not cheeses, no. Jesus. If I was selling Jesus, if I, t- if I suddenly became a fucking um, preacher and did all that TV bullshit, I think I'd be a millionaire within days. I think I could, I could be a really convincing... Now, people... Now, people, just touch your just touch your hands to the speakers. Touch your hand to the speakers. Whether you if you've got headphones on, or if you've got earbuds in, or you're listening through a stereo, or you're in your car, put your hands on your speakers. Put your hands on your speakers right now and feel the heavy metal healing power of Howard. That's the heavy metal healing hand of Howard. Feel it. Feel the warmth. Feel the metal. Feel the bullshit flowing through my veins. Feel the cuntiness spraying out the speakers right now. Yeah? Feel that power. The heavy metal healing hand of Howard is upon you, my brother and sister. You can't help but slip into an American accent when doing all of this. For all you Americans out there, yes, that was an American accent. It was more of a generic accent. So just feel it. Feel the warmth. Feel the power flowing through you. Now, no matter what you're doing, if you're driving, you're walking, you're at work, you're at your desk, you're at your office, you're having a wank with your glasses on, you're, you're, I don't know, whatever you're doing, right? I want you to concentrate. And I want you to look around, look around you now, look at everything that you're taking, look at it, okay? And find the metal. Find the metal. That's me pumping, hitting my chest where my heart is. Feel the metal. Feel the metal. Look around you. Is it heavy metal Heinz beans in, in, in the supermarket? Is it a particularly heavy metal truck going past as you're walking along? If you're in the office, has somebody just stage-dived off their desk? Probably not. Could you go and make some heavy metal coffee for everyone? Maybe. Wherever you are, seek out the metal. For metal is the way forward. I thank you, brothers and sisters. I thank you. I thank you very much. Peace out. Happy heaven from the healing heavy metal hand of Howard. Goodbye.